I'm recording, so shut your face. This case stinks. Hey, Raj, uh, you look younger with the beard. Thanks, Captain. You shave the beard. Some detective. There are two more things. Shoot. First, condition of the sheets and the mattress indicate that someone else was in the bed with Amanda just before she died. That's A. What's B? B is, I'm supposed to tell you, you're breaking in a new partner in on this. Partner again? Yeah, some cat he's on loan from dope. Real burnout on the ragged edge. Oh, perfect. Gun! And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think we're just in the tin, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. And man, it feels like Christmas. It does, doesn't I'll it? I'll tell you that oh, much. Christmas in March. It's March. Oh God, it's March now. It is March now. Yeah, as we march, we march forward, march forwards, march towards everything. Really, yeah. yeah. March is a noun and is a verb. Mm. Marching, marching, march towards madness. Mar- hey, there we go. And so, uh, what we've got is we are here for episode number one hundred and twelve. Lethal. That's a lot. Weapon. It is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's incredible. One hundred twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah, it's not too much. I hope. <laughs> All right, George. George, the quiz. <laughs> I'm messing. I'm messing. We'll be, we'll be holding auditions for the part of <laughs> Georgia. And the phone is hot for the part of necessary female co-host. <laughs> necessary <laughs> necessary <laughs> minority host to Georgia. I, I guess I'll have to wear the dress for now. There we go. <laughs> so uh, we charted this week in in a lot of countries. Actually, we charted Ooh. in America, America. in here at home in Britain, in Canada, Canada. in South Korea. Yeah, in wow. Denmark, nothing was rotten in the state of Denmark. In the Netherlands, in Switzerland, in Malaysia, we were number twenty-three in Australia. G'day. Wow, number three in Ghana. That's cool. Oh. Very cool. Ooh. what you gonna do with that, right? Yeah. What you gonna do? And our high water mark was not our number one. So our high water mark was number one in Nigeria. Yeah. Wow. wow. We've never done that before. No. Not Nigeria. No. So, Sierra Leone uh, we have. Sierra Leone and a few other places we've yeah, got yeah. to number one, but Nigeria was Uganda. a new one for us. You got it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so th- th- thank you very much, thank wherever you. you are around the world. And we've, and we've showed last week, it's not necessarily the places that we chart but necessarily download us the most. It's just who, that, that, that's an Apple podcast chart. So mm-hmm. if you're on a different device or a different platform, if it's your first time or your 112th time, I mean, we've got well over 200 pieces of content and various things Ooh. so thank you very much uh truly it's lovely to know people are listening so <laughs> cool. that's why we do I it i would have totally given up if, if no one was listening at this would point. you really you, if no you, one was listening the way you said that made it sound like it's really lovely no one is listening because you like slurred the two to oh, no, know, right? and it's, it's, it's really no. lovely no one is listening no if no one was listening <laughs> i wish the listeners could have seen your face what if no one was listening <laughs> yeah you went i don't know <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, I do not love the sound of my own voice that much. So all those that guys out there not much. listening, we'll get another episode out. And you know how I know people, the opposite of people aren't listening, people are listening, is that on Tuesday we had our best day in the history of the pod. Whoop, whoop. 
Hell Whoa. yeah. We had as many downloads on Tuesday as we had in the first three months of the podcast combined. That's no. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. down to you guys out there. Thank it, you so much. It is much. down to people out there and people who uh, listen uh, this week or every week or people who tell other people about the podcast. Uh, thanks a lot. There are people who are like, yeah. we'll talk about you know strategic scheduling, I guess, to a degree, but you know, um, not really. It's really down to, and you know, people and how they feel about the pod on a week in week out basis. So thanks mm-hmm. everybody out there. Thanks everybody around the virtual round table here for, for what you do. I mean, people seem to, people, well, people seem to be liking it. You can always get somebody to listen once. You can yes. always get them listen twice, three times, That's four times. what I've always said. You can yeah. market someone listening once. Yeah. What brings them back is the content that hopefully they hear on the show. Yeah. And that's so always unless, my advice for new for new podcasters is going. So unless we've like had fifty thousand separate people just download one, yeah, no, no. <laughs> As we march towards fifty thousand, should be around April first, I think that threshold will be crossed. Wow! So let's promo some of the stuff we got coming up or have done. Last week we did Batman. Batman. That was the episode we. It was very that one did very well individually, but we also did very well as you said as the pod on the whole. But it was a top ten day one release. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. which is great it'll be a top one top 10 week one release so that would be nice as well it was a phenomenon though wouldn't it it was it was it was and it was also a really good time to release an episode on it people everyone was doing batman as well well batman yeah. sort of stuff but again you could argue because everyone's doing it maybe it makes it a much more competitive marketplace people are like i don't want to see batman again and i heard today that they've just signed up um joaquin is that how you say joaquin phoenix yeah, yeah and todd phillips to do Joker 2. Oh, really? Is that officially? Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Really? oh, yeah. So that's good. Um, also, we, Georgia, you and I did a watch along on Batman and Robin. <laughs> Why do you hate yourself? Oh, tell me. Trust me. If you listen to it, I am not enjoying myself. I remember. Oh, it's, it's, Arnie's, it's Arnie's one-liners. It is. And, do my uh, you know what? Like the first half, I'm like, this is cute. And they clearly run out of ice puns halfway they through. Do, <laughs> I, would, I would highly recommend, if you want to hear two of the most different opinions on a film ever, <laughs> Fire up Batman and Robin, turn on the watch along, and you just hear me get more depressed as this thing goes on, and you just hear Georgia going, I like it! <laughs> I remember I, I messaged it. you to schedule something, and you were like, oh, I can't do it today, I'm doing a watch along with Batman and Robin, and I had this moment where I was like, either this is a really good lie to get out of no. something, or something bad's about to happen. No, I would have loved to have chill, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, had to, I had to instead put what we were going to do, Ethan, on ice and watch. Uh, oh, stop it. Yeah. My favorite bit in that is Alicia Silverstone getting changed <laughs> in the best seat. I'm trying to remember. I'll tell you, I mean, I'm, the slightest bit. It was like every one of Chris O'Donnell's lines. I'm just like at some 40-year-old going, what, what, what does cool sound like? Yeah. We, we just got to make him the cool guy. He was supposed to he be. He was really good in the previous one. I don't get it. I think he was supposed to be in um, earlier versions, wasn't he? I have no idea. Yeah, and they didn't want to bring Robin into it until later. Okay, that would make sense, I guess. But they, they originally he was scheduled. It's to interesting be... that no one has done it since. Yeah, like every one of them, they've kept Robin off to the side. Because they had, didn't you say yeah. last week they had Marlon Wayne's? Uh, I don't think that was me. Wasn't that you? No. Mm. Is Robin? No, I don't know. I've been watching so much Batman things these days. But speaking of Batman, uh, we have an episode on Batman. The Batman, which by the time this is dropped, should be out there. See it or skip it on The Batman. We're actually going to record it the later. The new Batman. <laughs> After this, George and I are going to record on The Batman. The Batman. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't get George to George has had a very Batman week. She has. Yeah, it's ironic. Kind of part of George's, yeah, kind of part of George's yeah. sort of Batman education here. She determines <laughs> if she really doesn't like Batman or if it's just Christian Bale. And we'll find out more when we do our real roundtable. Christian Bale. Well, we're going to do our real roundtable on the best Batman movies, and that's going to be near the end of the month. So keep yourselves uh, keep Posted. yourselves ready because yeah. we're going to do some some 
best Batman. And people have said, hey, do I have the right to, to change my list once I see the Batman? Yeah, if you can see the Batman, you, you, yeah. you get a chance to see it and you want to update it, George is the one who compiles the lists for the audience anyway. So you guys go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that you put, like, just put the new list on it and just say new list. Yeah. Just so it's, so I don't have to go just, through and like read. Just, just look for see if they've already submitted a list and change it. Yeah, but some people, if they like put it on one if you post and on another list, post, if you could yeah. just, that would be okay. really helpful. Tell you what, I'm looking forward to Liam. For go once, on. you can't go really off the board on this one. Because okay. there's only so many Batman films. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's very true. It's not like you're going to throw me something. I'm like, no, because really, it's it's got to be theatrically released, yeah. or I am including the Adam West TV one. Okay, just because. Just because. Although, I'd be so, very curious if anybody puts it in their top five, the so Adam West one. Batman and Robin ah. top, yeah? Pardon me? Batman and Robin top. If you're so inclined, go ahead. Batman yeah. and Robin, Batman what? Forever, I don't need any other ones. George Clooney. Uh, I, think you're, I think you're misrepresenting Batman Forever. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. Oh, I think I like it. I like Val Kilmer as Batman. Me too. Yeah. Um, so that is it for that. Uh, as always, a giant shout out to our Patreon backers. Woo! The, the, the Alfred to our collective Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that would be uh, Reverend Bruce, Julene, Hermes, Lena Oberholzer, Katie McRae, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, what's your Twitter handle, dude? I'm trying to find you. <laughs> Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. And the Yeet Meister. Yeet. Tell me that doesn't sound like a Batman <laughs> Oh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, birthday Bash, we have delayed our birthday by a week, scheduling being what it is. So we are doing the, the birthday two weeks from now, which basically yeah. means you've got about 10 days to get your birthday Yee. wishes in. A bunch you already have. Thank you very much. And that's bestfilmeverpod at gmail.com is the best place to go ahead and drop those off. So we can share on that week. We won't be doing our regular shout outs. We'll be letting you shout out to us. Woo. So I love those. You. I love those. It is great. We do it Christmas and we do it for our birthday. Yeah, I love hearing people's voices. Whoop, yeah, whoop. it is nice hearing Yee. that. So uh, it's time for a little bit of reflections and corrections. So here we go. Oh, I'm going to actually hit the button. <laughs> so this one counts for both of them. <laughs> I kind of trashed on American Express last week. And as I was like editing, I thought, well, what's the harm? So I looked. American Express is pretty much accepted everywhere now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It didn't used to be. So ah. my sort of statement was true as of the time it was. Oh, okay. But as far as like a, a sort of reflection on the way the marketplace is now, now basically Amex is taken everywhere that Visa and MasterCard are. In fact, I suppose more, they had to more than it. MasterCard, it looked like. So there we go. Mm. To, yeah. And then next one. There's a mistake. I think now, Ethan, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, so apologies if you can't, but uh, I'm going to give a thumbs up once once we can hear it over here, because I want to talk about a, a debate we were having last week, and I actually did isolate the sound clip, so I want to make sure he said looking for it that he can find it. So, uh, oh, where have I put this? I have put this here, I think. Uh, here we are. So I'm going to play a clip from last week. I think we need a bucket, a bucket, a button for the, like the tumbleweed noise. Oh, I've muted it. Why have I muted it? That makes no sense. Let me unmute. There we are. Let's go here. When producers approached Nicholson again and told him Williams would take the part if he did not, Nicholson took the role and Williams was released. See, that's not the first time then because he was Aladdin. Same idea. He gets burned there. No, no. I mean, uh, Batman forever. Hang on. This comes to that. Yeah. 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 He was so will he, he was no, no, he refuses to play the Riddler for this reason. They want him to be oh. the Riddler, and he doesn't do it. 
Unless the studio apologizes, he wouldn't do it. Oh, that's not the, oh, that's not the understanding I had. Oh, okay. I, I, the understanding I had was that uh, yeah. he'd been burnt twice by them because no. he was promised the role of the Riddler in the Tim Burton third movie, and he was signed on for it, mm. and then he had to be paid off because Schumacher wanted different. Okay. He wanted Kieran. My understanding is this, is that he refuses to play it because... Oh, okay. But now, if you're out there, hey, if, hey, you, if know, you know, let us know. I will do it, sure. Sticker worthy. <laughs> we haven't used that button in so long. <laughs> I don't know why you pressed that button. I wasn't meaning to hit that button. No, I was like, I had I had thirty seconds of silence, and yeah. then just here sticker worthy. <laughs> so, 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 just in general, it was the bit that Liam and I were disagreeing about um, my research versus what his understanding of it was, and so I did a little bit of digging because Ethan I famously goes to the end of it. I'll do oh, a search, look. and then Ethan never came yeah. back to us the rest of the episode. <laughs> Wait, which one is this? This is is Robin Williams. Did he refuse to play the Riddler out of out of spite over the Jack Nicholson casting thing, or was he screwed twice over? And the answer is he was screwed twice over. So Liam was right, and I was wrong. Um, You know the best part? I had it on my phone and just completely forgot to. Yeah, I, I found an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, but basically it was in Williams' own voice going, "Yeah, he was good. They were he was scheduled to do it, and then when they went with Joel Schumacher, not um um oh what do they call him the whole time Jerry Bruckheimer, which I called him I think the whole time <laughs> in our in our in our watch long I called him Jerry Bruckheimer the whole time <laughs> well, I have Joel noticed. Schumacher. And when they went down that direction, uh, yeah, he went for a younger kind of crowd with oh, the okay. actors. So you were 100% right. So I just wanted to go ahead. Well, and I wasn't 100% sure they were. Right. <laughs> it was just something in the depth of my brain. You thought enough that I went, I'm going to look this up. Oh, okay. Because he seems pretty certain. Yeah. Generally, if you know something, you're generally right. Yeah, that kind of. You do. When, when you sort of push back, I'm like, he probably is right on this one. You have a really, especially for times and dates and things like that, you generally know these things. Yeah, oh. your brain's good for this. Like, I think the way you. You would like with your record shop. You like you know everything, and I'm like, how do you? You're able, that you're able to name what year it is, and like, yeah. you have a very good memory for how things were and when they occurred. So if you've been oh, exposed okay. to it, yeah, you've yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah, yeah, true. Especially yeah, yeah. in pop culture. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Hermes tried to correct Julene about Chloe and Uncharted, but then admitted I should have waited for Ian because <laughs> Ian went ahead and did that. Uh, Julene, give us a nice shout out for our Batman episode and said, "Have you ever danced with Beth, uh, Have you ever danced with BFE on a Monday night?" because <laughs> that's, that's, that's when our episode drops over there oh is it yeah yeah because it drops 2 a.m over here oh, so course, it's yes. uh oh was that 9 p.m eastern standard time but for julian it's 6 p.m wow yeah, wow on a monday so nice yeah nice evening listening yeah there we go mm. you know everything's kind of done for the day just crack on a little bfe yeah sounds pretty good uh ian davies ensign ian davies making it so saying listening now the score for the film was fantastic yeah i think we all agree. i had the batman theme stuck yeah. in my head all week so there we go. Uh, we've got Poet Laureate of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Uh, Dwayne Smith. The Batman Collection popped up on his now homepage. Now would be a streaming service we have here in the UK. So I put this on. I'm really impressed with the drawn backgrounds. I had not remembered them, but they really stand out and look fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad we made a big mention of that. Yeah. I'll be remembering that, I think, at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Professor J said, I really enjoyed the episode. And believe me, I've listened to about 20 shows about this movie. Really? So, yeah, so it was that crowded marketplace. Yeah. At which point, some other pod went, maybe you should listen to ours too. And I'm like, it's not really how marketing works. <laughs> I saw that. It made me laugh. I don't look for other podcasts and go, oh, you like theirs? Listen to ours as well. No, I wait for people who like have any podcast ideas. That's so brilliant. I don't just go leech it on to other shows and goes, here's my link too. <laughs> <laughs> Professor J was very uh, 
up very civil about it. I was like, oh, man, I will, I will. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, thanks, Professor Jay. If you listen to twenty episodes and you were and took the time to reach out to us yeah. and say how much they liked mm-hmm. our episode, really appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you very much. On that note, on to the regular shout outs. Uh, of course, we got Julene, 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 Julene for all the love. Hermes yeah. says, "Back in the gym this morning after a crazy last week and weekend, enjoying the opening conversation." Teary emoji, and the end is near Homer gift because we kind of talked about how the world was going last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. This week we're gonna kind of just kind of push through. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, and he added on, and I used to give myself a hard time for my own fears. Never again. Because <laughs> last week, if you didn't check it out, we kind of go through our. Our fears that we kind of have, yeah. that have kind of been, you know, created in us or, or incur- whatever it might be. So such well, I love how naturally they just come up. We have to the, plan these things. That's what works is I think you have to go with where the conversation naturally leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't schedule, everybody talk about your favorite <laughs> no, fears. Like, no, it's just your favorite fears. No, but I, <laughs> I, think if I, have a, I think if I have a strength in this role that I do, I mean, because... Lord knows you guys bust my chops while talking too much. Uh, <laughs> it is the idea to recognize when something organic is happening and yeah. go, no, no, we should stay here for a bit. This is good stuff. So there I, we go. I also love how... I love how I looked at George to confirm it, and she's like, I ain't giving you a compliment. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how you do stuff and we just follow. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I really like you the Christmas last year. You get an instinctive feel for it. Uh, Mouse after midnight for the love. Alex from Main Street Finance loves Batman. Thinks Nicholson killed it with a Joker. And if everybody could raise a literal or perspective glass, Alex from Main Street Finance got married this week. Oh, so an absolute hey. legitimate clinky clinky. Yeah, absolutely. Clunky. If I had Congrats. a second hand, I would it up, just yeah. yeah, I would take a picture, but I don't have yeah. a second hand. No, so absolutely well done. He's 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 moving. He's changing career. He got married. He's doing everything in 2022. It's impressive. Wow. It is impressive. So thanks a lot and well done, Alex. Oh, Liam's gonna take a picture of us all holding our beverages together. There we go. I don't know why I'm smiling. I'm not actually in, in the honor. <laughs> in honor of Alex from Street Finance, we'll get that out on the Twitter and various. Mine things. was up on my computer. There we are. It's a digital drink. Russell the Post. He says now that we've hit number hey, one. It, yeah, <laughs> now that we've hit number one in Nigeria, Liam needs a new shout out to go with G'day Mate and Kenra. <laughs> You're right, I do. So we'll work on that. We'll workshop something <laughs> we'll a little bit. Um, the real Bruesome Twosome for the love. Ooh, There's a new ooh, one. Nice. I know, right? That's cool. Uh, snacks with Stein. Another one said, just came here to say I had this folder in second grade right after the movie came out. It was like a giant Batman logo for the some of the merch that was released for it, right? He cool. said, uh, not to brag or anything, but nothing makes you feel like more of a badass than propping this beauty up for a spelling test. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Keaton for, I think he's saying Keaton forever, but it looks like Keaton for Eva. Just saying. Uh, We got, we got someone new reached out called Smitty who said, true story, I was supposed to go watch Batman in theaters with a friend of mine, but didn't get to because that night he ate a pack of silica gel that were in his new shoes, and they had to rush him to the hospital. (laughs) We should laugh. I am no longer friends with him. (laughs) I can't imagine why. So I I talk a little bit more with him. Anyway, I think the real hell of it was they ended up taking him to see the movie in theaters after he got out of the hospital as a maybe this will make you feel better sort of reward, only I wasn't invited then. And if you want to hear more, uh, you can look, reach out to him. It's at House of Smitty, and it's a podcast he does with his wife. So all th- uh, thank you for sharing that yeah, great story. 
uh, slept on cinema podcast and just reached out and called us an awesome pod. Thanks a lot. Hey. Out of nowhere. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Josh Richter Movie said, everybody's taking advantage of Batman this week. And we are. You've heard all the content mm-hmm. we got coming out or we've already done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It, it is the season for Batman. So we are 100% on board here at the BFE. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, at least Professor Jay thought we were doing something unique with it. Hey. Yeah. 20 episodes listen the same thing. Yeah. At which point, how big a Batman fan are you to listen to 20 podcasts that's, talk that's, about Batman? Like, not yeah. just the general idea of Batman, but that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out <laughs> to Incredible, you. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Josh, oh, I so that. Uh, Nathaniel Metzger, who said, just discovered your podcast, all in caps, last week. Last week. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like getting specific with his feedback. Iron Man's Ooh. soundtrack received far too much flack. The scene where Tony's in the cave with the hammer and anvil sound to the rhythm of the song is incredible. I'm going to take your word for it man I, we, we did that episode like a year and a half ago, ago. <laughs> that was like ago. may 2020 i imagine i did give it a lot of flack because it's a lot of acdc and a lot of like <laughs> doom 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 like acdc sounding like stuff uh but yeah i i totally believe you that he does hammer along to the sound of the uh, thanks for reaching out yeah, and thanks thank for letting us know that you're going all the way back it's like lemongrass uh oh i forget lemongrass jay sands who is going all the way from the start to the end. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Mackeltz, who asked us to be gentle with Batman. If you remember, <laughs> Dan yeah. Mackeltz wears his nostalgia on his sleeve, not too dissimilar from you about the yeah. things you love, Liam. Yeah. And he yeah. reacts in a similar vein. <laughs> Me and the good bug. So I don't know how Dan feels about what we thought about Batman last week. I think we were generally all right with it. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 st- I still close to my heart. I still love that film. Yeah, you, and you're allowed to. Yeah. Uh, Jesse B., who thought it was too late to send birthday wishes. It's not. Best film for Potter gmail.com you got about 10 more days go ahead mm-hmm. coffee after dark juline's husband said uh, juline wanted to wear her bfe flippity flop t-shirt for an unboxing video they couldn't find the shirt anywhere oh no they waited a couple hours her kid had worn it to school no. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. i'm gonna say this right branding. now here is how this child needs to be punished for this they need no punishment. They need to raise their allowance and make sure. First of all, this kid needs their own flippity flop t-shirt. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do. And where can you get those t-shirts? If you go ahead and hit our Twitter page, I know it's got the link on there somewhere. Ethan, you yeah. want to tell me where? Oh, uh, at teespring.com. It should be best film ever shop. I might have to double check that URL, but I think that's what we said. That's a very confusing thing. So I'll let you, I'll say I'll let you check on that, but that means we'll just probably have to follow up on this next week. (laughs) (laughs) But there we go. You go ahead and look it up and we'll keep going. Um, We've got So Wizard for the Love, uh, Shoot for the Flick for the Love, Ian from Bit Dead as always, that love podcast who wished us all a happy audio drama Sunday by listing us not once but twice. Ah, Thanks a lot. Thank you. Ed from the Film Effect Podcast says, be like Ed and get your top five picks in now. He's already put them in twice, actually, once before the Batman, and then like two hours later, he must have gone and seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's changed his picks. Okay. Uh, Carlo and and Josh also have their picks in nice and early. I've only put that tweet up like yesterday. So good job, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nate Snow, who got a hold of us, another new listener, said, went to just about the beginning of your back catalog. I'm currently listening to your review and analysis of Joker. You're almost convincing me of your theory that none of this happens at all when it's yeah. all in Joker's yeah, head. He's been in the yeah, mental yeah. home the whole time. He says, I don't know if I like it, but I love how ambiguous it is. And I said, can I share this? He says, absolutely, go ahead. But maybe don't tell Liam, though, uh, that I liked Phoenix's portrayal and Joker more than The Dark Knight and that I rate it 9.8 out of 10. Well, you're going to have a chance if you kind of want to tell us the best Batman <laughs> films anyway yeah you can get a hold of that with our real round table so does that one count 
does that one count? I mean, Joker's uh, Batman's not really in it. I mean, you can no, talk. I mean, if you really want to say, yeah, it's got Bruce Wayne in it, I guess go ahead. Yeah. But if you're really telling me this is in your top five yeah. Batman films. <laughs> Yeah, Georgia. I might have to have it in mind because I haven't seen many Batman films. Uh, well, I think we've tried really hard to try and catch you up. I've definitely not seen 10. Oh, yeah, we have to do 10 yeah. for ours. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But, yeah, go ahead. No, not, yeah, I guess you can include it in yours. <laughs> uh, my sister Kirsty said, again, a great episode. So happy to hear the four of you together. Who cares about the d- dynamic duo? I know, wrong film. We did that one, actually, on the mm-hmm. watch along. Uh, you have a dynamic quattro. Uh, we should probably find a better, like a quintessential quattro or something like that Uh, i'm not much of a batman fan but i enjoyed watching and listening for nostalgia's sake uh random word or gif of the week uh which was the random word of course was i can't remember oh it was goons Goons. i come up with these on the spot (laughs) you don't expect me to remember the week after (laughs) julene did one from lilo and stitch and that was just a terrible idea julene because i hate we don't like i hate that film with the fire of a thousand suns (laughs) ohana means family it means you don't leave the poor teenage girl raising her sister and you go ohana means family except if it means really helping anybody then we don't care (laughs) stupid film uh Chris Peterson, who did one for Simpsons, and it was like, a, who's at the door? Goons. He says, what? We're hired goons, and he opens the door. Brilliant. <laughs> cool. Uh, Anthony and Davey, something about cartoon lasers. Uh, Dwayne Smith getting in on the Star Trek with a nodding Kirk. Mm. Hermie says it wasn't easy not using a Goonies gif. Yeah. yeah. He, he <laughs> hashtag that. resident troll, uh, but he gave us an Avengers one instead. Uh, easily, easily the win is going to uh, Chris Peterson. I retweeted it when I saw it. I laughed so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Peterson, you are the winner of our GIF of the week. Well done, you. But Josh, my favorite movie, gets an honorary win as well because he found a toy from Batman of Bob the Goon. Oh, oh. Like, a, like a little like 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 How toy cool that came out that? of Bob. I said it doesn't really it says Goon, but it says Bob, and it says beside it in really small letters, one of the Joker's, and it says the word Goon. So I went, wow. okay, I'm gonna count that. Cool. So well done there. So I was like, that is amazing. You have to try and seek that out. I think so. And then Hermes, somewhere on the way, this is, where he's, this is why he's a troll, <laughs> said Georgia had the best Batman voice in the beginning of last week's episode. What? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly disagree with this. <laughs> I yeah. think it was really good. Oh, yes. I Batman. Yeah, I it think... wasn't. It was really good. <laughs> you, you think so, do you? I do, yeah. Are we going to listen to him? I, I think, I, I, Ethan, again, I apologize. You're not going to be able to hear it. But to everybody else, I did clip this, of course, for the end of year kind of statement. <laughs> so I'm just looking for where I have put, here it is. Uh, oh this is the hard part now i'm trying to think of what i named it uh oh no i'm batman (laughs) uh i've got i expect better from a cambridge university student i have that on my list (laughs) oh no uh if i look at if i just put in batman maybe it'll it'll come up Oh, I'm Batman, and I'm Batman. That was probably what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Probably, okay, yeah. so here we go. Let's try this. And welcome, 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 <laughs> welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. And I'm Batman. 
<laughs> George's all right. <laughs> so George's Batman sounds kind of like Gollum. Yeah. I think. <laughs> My precious, like, that's fine, absolutely. Yeah. But then Hermes had to go stick his, his nose into it. This is Hermes is going to join us next week, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and we have to ask him about this. And so was going. You know, George's clearly the best Batman. I'm like, well, you're clearly wrong. So I went ahead, as I'm known to do from time to time, and I put up a poll. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm loving I'm it. Pulling it. I, I, I used to, I'm pulling it. Yeah, I used to have a. I used to be the boom, yeah, the yeah. pole sound. It's clearly not anymore. Not anymore. I need to update the board. <laughs> but anyway, if we if, if we go to the poll, I'm just looking for where I've put it. So who? is the best Batman voice. In third place, tied, is Liam and Ethan with 12.5% of the vote each. Wow. In first place, with 56.3% of the vote, is Georgia. How? Hermes Hermes even put up like a little soundbite at the start of his most recent episode. And like, like it was about him saying, they've all done it. Go and listen to best film ever and listen to them do it. They retweeted the little soundbite as well. And like the sound, I've heard the soundbite and I was like, oh, he's, and he hasn't listened to the people to just, he doesn't go go vote for Georgia. No. He just has just go vote for it and listen. Uh, we didn't get a huge number of votes. I don't think anybody did from, <laughs> but, from that. Thing. But regardless, you know, more than half the people went Majority. Georgia. To which point I'm like, yeah, you guys are just all tro- uh, trolling people. It's all this is. There's no way you listen to three of those and go, if I lost to Uliam or if I lost to Ethan, I'd have no issue with it. This isn't about Ian's ego is so big. It's about Georgia's Batman was so bad. This was the most rigged election it was in like, history rigged. of the most. Chrissy. Did Trump have an issue with Georgia voting at one point? I think, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's clearly some shenanigans that have gone on here. I don't know what this is. Uh, it's almost like making me think we shouldn't do polls anymore because I mean, it, this, was, this was not based on the merit. The this was not based on the merit of what was occurring. This we're is no just, longer a democratic podcast. No, we're not. We're not. Hey, I said back in the Crimson Tide one, I'm not here to establish democracy. I'm just here to preserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care if we follow it. Anyway, Thanks for thanks for giving us a nice laugh there, Hermes. Appreciate that. Uh, Dwayne Smith started the Hermes is right hashtag, so he's dead to me. And then, <laughs> and then Ian Davies agreed, so he was making it no in my eyes. Um, but Julian said that Ian should win because he sounds like Christian Bale. I'm like, damn right I do. Jeez. But the people know that Christian Bale is not the best if Batman. If there's any justice, it's that Hermes was not looking forward to us doing Lethal Weapon. I'm like, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Troll you right back with a with a two and a half hour review. <laughs> so that's the end of that. So uh, why not uh, give us a review, Apple or Spotify? I hear five stars is a nice number. You also missed the uh, hashtag Team Georgia from Dwayne Smith. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, I said five is the magic number. <laughs> You said five. No, no, I, so I, I, I screwed up. She, Georgia jumped in, she and that's did. the problem, right? I was so. about to say five is the magic number, yep. but she jumped in. This is the kind of crap. Well, Georgia you weren't like, quick enough, really. Georgia, I mean, not, not first really off, enough. Georgia, <laughs> it comes off really badly when someone's like, hey, it's all about <laughs> me. Like, who does this? Who does this? The real Batman would never do that. The real Batman wouldn't. He hides in the shadows. And definitely doesn't make it all about him. He doesn't wait for someone to walk by and go, I'm Batman. I know you can't see me, but I'm Batman. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was like, who, who said that? <laughs> so we're still not friends because you said that all disco music was bad. All disco music is bad. So that's my uh, opinion. No, no. I think I discovered this was the difference between North American people <laughs> and British people is because in North America we all agreed disco sucks. Oh no, disco no, no, is no, no, like no. a British staple. It is. It is. Listen, I'll listen to Agadu and you just get shit. Yeah, no, I, okay, a question for you, Liam. Go on, go on. Better song, that one yeah. or Back to Good? Which one's the better take that song? Uh, oh. Back to Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Back to Good no. is the better. Back for Good, isn't it? Back, it is Back well, to Good. Back, back, back. No, Back for good. good. Back yeah. to Good is a Matchbox 20 song. My apologies. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't like the lyrics in that well, one. Cause it's like, I don't know what I did. Well, I don't know what I'm saying. I didn't mean it. Back, I just want you back for good. Want you back. Want you back. Want you back. I want you back for good. All right. And <laughs> one is <laughs> melodically a lot nicer to listen to. Yeah. Relight my fire. Professor J, uh, like, seriously, I, like, God bless you, because you listen to 19 other shows that don't go into these sorts of times. <laughs> God bless you. So uh, let's go ahead. Lethal Weapon is 1987 buddy cop action film directed and co-produced by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black, co-produced by Joel Silver. In Lethal Weapon, it is the archetype. A pair of mismatched LAPD detectives, Martin Riggs, a former Green Beret who has become suicidal following the death of his wife, and veteran officer Roger Murtaugh work together as partners you seen this before uh yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i was yeah. actually assigned this in university as homework really i'd never seen it oh, i love this film and this is 2008 yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like cause i knew of it and i think i'd seen like snippets i like i've seen the last 15 minutes of number two uh, i've seen some scene with oh. mel gibson and Rene russo where they're showing off the oh, scars no, is, that, is that two or is that three probably That's two three is it three yeah okay. um patsy kensett is number two okay and then, you know, so Joe Pesci, like I've seen snippets, but I've never actually sat down and watched the whole one all the way through. Yeah. And so I watched that and went, it was cool because you can see its fingerprints all over everything that's come afterwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What? Sorry, I was um, getting stuff up for the age game as well whilst I was getting there. And um, one of the actors passed away yesterday. Yeah, the general. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my sister tipped me off to that. With some feedback she gave. So we'll, we'll have to act surprised when she... Gives the feedback. <laughs> Sorry. It's nice that Ethan gets his age game stuff before we start the podcast. Yeah. No, I wanted to add well I wanted to add a couple. Do you more. look at like the pages that I print out every week? And all I ask Ethan to do is just get some numbers ready for me, would you? <laughs> Jeez. Uh Georgia, had you seen this before? Yes, we watched it at Christmas. Yeah, but it, it sort of supplanted Die Hard as because I wasn't watching number five. There's just no, no way. Uh Ethan, have you seen this before? Yeah, I had to watch it for um for college. It's uh, there's a scene where we had to like analyze. We had to watch the entire film, and that was like my first my first introduction to Shane Black movies. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah, you mean Christmas movies? Well, Sh- yeah. Shane Black. There's, there is yeah, no difference. Much. There's no difference. So, directed by Richard Donner, who also did Superman, The Goonies, Scrooge, talk about Christmas movies, yeah. Maverick, Assassins, and Conspiracy Theory. There's a lot of uh, Mel Gibson in that list. There is. Yeah. Uh, screenplay by Shane Black, who'd also done Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, yeah, which I've film. never oh. seen, but that's Robert Downey Jr., oh. right? Yeah. And, it's, and Val Kilmer. And it's totally eligible. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, do you have any food for Pip? That's what he's doing. He's eating. 
Oh, he's eating. Yes. I thought he was stamping his no, foot no, no, down. No, he's, no, he's no. Pushing he's the bowl around it. Oh, okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> I forgot. I thought my, it was just introduction. Typical, I want food because <laughs> he does my that as well. Introduction to uh, Shane Black food. wasn't wasn't this? It was Iron Man three. I forgot you did that. Yeah, the longest good night. Iron Man three. So there we go. Music. Longest good night is brilliant. Is it? Mm. Is that Gina Davies and yeah. Gina Davis and Samuel it's Jackson? Samuel Jackson. I can yeah. see the poster. Never seen it. It's good. Samuel Music by uh, Michael Kamen, who did Edge of Darkness. Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a fun little movie. Oh, I like that little movie. Uh, Die Hard, yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, The Three Musketeers, oh. The Avengers. Not that The Avengers. <laughs> the crappy one with Uma Thurman and uh, Ray Fiennes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, and X-Men. Cool. And he oh. was joined as a co-composer by Eric Clapton. Yes, he mm. was. Yeah. I did. If you go on to Eric Clapton's Wikipedia page... He has said some nuts things over the years. He's not. He, oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. He said some. I mean, put it this way. There's a whole bit where in the 80s. Go read it. It's on the Wikipedia page. There's a whole bit where in the late 70s or early 80s, he goes on a rant on stage about sending immigrants back where they came from. Oh. <laughs> now, he is going. That's not good. He is going. I was a, I was a drug abuser. And I'm like, yeah. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's still really there difficult. Like, it's like, fire, it's, right? it's like a word for word account of what he said. It is nuts. Wow. I never yeah. really liked him. I, I'm stunned people haven't like put that back up and like, like gotten him like just cut well, everything else yeah. that's been dragged yeah, 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 up. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that's yeah. been left alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I like cocaine. <laughs> it's great, 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 great movie for that. The I'm song sorry, "Cocaine" by the song. No, this isn't like a hey, look, hey, he, Ian's taking it somewhere. Where, what's your favorite class A yeah. drug? No, I'm not doing that. Uh, the song "Cocaine," uh, Layla, both the uh, acoustic and the uh, electronic version of it. Yep. Uh, and I like um, oh, "Tears in Heaven." I mean, his his kid had just died. I mean, you had to feel from there. What's that one out of um um? Phenomenon. Oh, change the world. Yeah, I like that. I could be the sunlight in your universe. <laughs> I like that. It's. A, I remember someone who told me that change. they graduated, like not a real graduation, but like a middle school graduation. Yeah. And as they walked in, rather than play like pomp and circumstance, they played Eric Clapton "Change the World." <laughs> <laughs> you would think my love was really something good, baby. I like Phenomenon. It's a cute little movie. It is a lovely movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not a big fan of Eric Clapton. No, oh, yeah. I don't mind cream, but yep. Clapton himself. I'm, uh, yeah. Fair ice cream myself. And moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane Black had just recently graduated from UCLA and wrote the screenplay for this movie in mid-1985. He stated he wanted to do an urban western inspired by Dirty Harry, where a violent character reviled for what he did, what he is capable of, and the things he believed that he was, is eventually recruited for being one that could solve the problem. The protagonist would be everyman policeman. Guys just shuffling in a town like L.A., searching for something noble as justice when they're just guys in washed and worn suits seeking a paycheck. According to Black, his original first draft was very different and much darker than the final film. It was 140 pages long, and both the plot and characters were different. The action scenes were also much bigger. The, oh. the, the truck full of cocaine... Sorry, the end of the script contained a chase scene with helicopters and a trailer truck full of cocaine exploding over the Hollywood hills with cocaine snowing over the Hollywood side. <laughs> I don't want to see that. It's like that episode of the crow, the crow where it's like, it's everything. 
I love that. Jeez. Can we do? Can we do our own reenactment of the crow? Oh, I, I, <laughs> uh, Black hated this first draft and initially discarded it, but later picked it up and rewrote it into the new drafts that were eventually used for filming. And I've got some highlights from that throughout okay, as we go cool. along. His agents at the Lethal Weapon script to various studios being rejected before Warner Brothers took a liking to it. Uh, they brought along producer Joel Silver, who loved the story, and worked with Black to develop the script further. Uh, Richard Donner also brought in Jeffrey Bohm to do some uncredited rewrites on Black script and uh, added humor because it was found to be quite dark. Um, later did a complete rewrite of the rejected script for the second film. So, you know, this guy oh, kind of okay. got in and became Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Lethal Weapon to degree uh, and wrote the script for the third film and then an unused draft for the fourth film. I- I've seen highlights what that fourth draft was. It was like, like right-wing neo-Nazis. Oh. It was like crazy. Oh. <laughs> but according to a 2016 interview with Joel Silver, Ridley Scott was the first choice to direct the film. That'd have been cool. Oh. But Ridley Scott and Warner Brothers did not get on due to the making of Blade Runner. What, okay. you mean that seminal classic Blade Runner? Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at how many releases that film has had, like, oh. you, can, you can see there's obviously problems between the yeah, studio. Yeah, and I'll yeah, tell you yeah. what, like, it's an option. I could teach Blade Runner at uh, at A-level, and clearly it says we have to do a director's cut if we do it. So there's clearly he four different cuts in Four there. different cuts that yeah. have been released. Yeah. yeah. Because of the, the original one, they were like, let's have narration because no one's going to understand it. So there's just unnecessary amounts of Harrison Ford narration where he clearly doesn't care what he's saying. We should do Blade Runner at some point, though. Oh. I love Blade Runner. Rutger, Director's Cut. Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brilliant in that movie. Sean Young. Sean Young? <laughs> yeah. Last week. Who was it that we did la- last week that, that turned out to be Rachel and I freaked out about? No, um, it was supposed to be Sean Young. Kate Kim Basinger's yeah, yeah, part. That was it. That was it. So no one yeah. turned out to be. Sean Young Young turned out to be Kim Basinger. So there we go. (laughs) Um, uh, After the script was purchased for a quarter of a million dollars, the executives offered it to director um, Richard Donner, who loved it, but Leonard Nimoy was also one of the choices for directing. Oh, right. But he was was too busy working on Three Men and a Baby. Oh, another little nice little movie. (laughs) Yeah, which you can catch on our sister podcast, Talking the Mickey, if you want to hear us talk about Three Men and a Baby. An absolute guilty pleasure of a film. It's not a great film, but it's so much fun. (laughs) It's cute. It is. Rap Ducky. Um, (laughs) You're the one. You get a lot of phone calls in here. Uh, with those elements in place, the search began for the right combination of actors to play Riggs and Murtaugh. And I'll sort of leave it there, and we'll talk about their cast, because very much you got to talk about them both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to kind of come to a part on that as we go. But let's begin the deep dive. Title card, credits, and jingle bell rock. It's not going to be too long, is it? This this podcast. I don't know. Because what, what, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the joke you're setting up? I need to go somewhere with this. You had a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> you know me too well. I do. But how 80s are these graphics? It was like, they're like, you know, I know, oh, I oh, I oh no, I know. It, but it kind of, that very, see, um, this film's very, spoiler alert for me, this film's very 1980s, but I think in the best of ways that I kind of think about in 80s movies, this is like, get your bingo cards out because it's going to do everything you expect. But can't you tell by text? the titles, um, it's Richard Donner though, because of Superman. Is this the same as I haven't seen Superman literally it's got since that I was kind like of six? Feel to it. Do you know what I mean? The, was, was the opening of Superman just like loads of clouds or something? Am I thinking? I'm not talking about the actual, the but the actual though, but like the actual credits themselves. Credits, yeah, yeah, feel mm. feel very Richard Donner. Uh, so I've got my first note. How do you know this is a 1980s action flick? We're two minutes and 15 seconds in, and we've got boobs and cocaine. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in the 80s. Oh my word. <laughs> uh, Jackie Swanson, the girl who saw, it's a girl who she, she's tripped out. She goes on top of the building. She looks, and then she sort of like just falls. I have a big problem with this scene. Go ahead. When she falls, right, you can clearly see 
whatever dummy that is falling off that thing is going to hit the bonnet, right? When they come back to it, she's on the roof. I hate to break this to you. Go on. Jackie Swanson performed the high fall on her own, trained by legendary stuntman Dar Robinson. Also, Whoa. a stunt was done using an airbag covered with a life-size painting of a driveway and cars, which, like a foreground miniature, blends into the real scene. Thus, the editor was able to hold the shot until just as she makes contact for greater realism. Wow! Yeah. That has blown my mind. I cannot believe she did that, but I guess she had one of those big bladders. We saw one later on, Ooh, so why not? I did, I did think it looked like a very, it looked like a proper swan dive meant, that she took off the off the building. I meant to look and see if I can men- notice the airbag, but I was too busy typing notes and get a chance to I do it. I have got to watch this again now, just for yeah. that. Um, That's amazing. And it's described, the pose she strikes at the end is described by everybody as the most beautiful suicide pose ever. It is. Is but- it because there's a boob hanging out? No, I think she's kind of graceful. I mean, usually, she wouldn't, you wouldn't like your arms would be like off to yeah, the side. Yeah. Like, but you know, but if you're going to pose someone unnaturally, yeah, 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 yeah. what you sacrifice in realism, yep, you make up for in yeah. So nice, like pose. Not because there's a boob out. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's but there is no reason for her robe to be open that whole scene. There's no. no reason. Like, what's the organic reason? Because we want boobs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, Michael Kamen, who just completed work on Highlander, composed the score for Lethal Weapon, which I think the score is not. <laughs> it gets you from A to B. Yes. Georgia was very quick to go remind me of this at the end of the year. <laughs> I don't think for the besties. Um, I'm going, the use of saxophone, I'm okay with. There was some use of just like string guitar where they're like, Eric Clapton, do what you want. And I was like, ah. It can't just get you through the, yeah. through the scene. If I heard this in a parody, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense where there's so much of this sound. Well, it turns out that uh, Michael Kamen just finished work on Highlander and had uh, the, but the editor had used uh, Edge of Darkness as a temporary score for the film. Uh, and Edge of Darkness was done by Kamen. So basically just went, come and do more of the same, please. Oh, okay. And so he was just kind of doing what he was told to do. The guitar part of Riggs' theme was performed by Clapton. Uh, they had worked together on Edge of Darkness and the saxophone part of Murtaugh's theme. What do you mean the saxophone part? The thing was just, everything was saxophone in this movie. It was performed by David Sanborn. Clapton comes back for the third one then. Does he? Yeah, I think he does a song for the third one. And um, we come, and we cut to um, Roger Murtaugh in the bath. Murtaugh, isn't it? Murtaugh? Murtaugh? Sure. I always thought it was Murtaugh. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Murtaugh. Is it? Yeah. Well, I always hear it as Murtaugh. That's how a British person would, would pronounce it. Oh, okay. Because you guys don't tend to pronounce your G's and H's. Like Scarborough. Oh, okay. Whereas we would go Scarborough. Oh, okay. So I think he is Murtaugh. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, they come in, they say happy birthday, and they all like bust in on him in the bath. Yeah, what would you do that? It's not yeah. even a particularly bubbly bath. I think this is a bit much. I do. <laughs> um, but we get introduced in the scene to his wife, played by Darlene Love. Darlene Love, yeah. This surprised me, because I only found this out you know, fairly recent in the last few years. But she sang with Phil Spector. She did. And you know the what? Christmas album. Do you know what the song was? Um, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. No. <laughs> what was it? It's Christmas. Baby, please come home. Oh, They're that. singing Deck the Halls, which I do prefer as like U2's version. I think it's much better. But... She's the one who originally sang it. So, like, massive. I was like, she there's no way. She also sung on um, Home Alone 2. Did she really? Yeah. Well, there you oh. go. Lots of Christmassy stuff here. Yeah. Um, and he's hit 50, the big 5-0. And his daughter's, like, like rubbing his beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure initiating physical contact with your naked father in the bath. But also, like, she sat, like, 
like above him, so he's looking down at his face. And like I'm if, like, like if he sat up and like like moved a rubber duck around, <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like he's just there, <laughs> chilling in the bath, chilling in the bath. Like this is normal. They this bath thing becomes a recurring joke. It does because I remember I was wondering if it was this one or another one where he retires. We have the happy retirement daddy, and they all come in and with a cake in the bath. Yeah, he's always in the bath, <laughs> always. And she goes, "Oh, your beard's still your beard's going gray, but we still love you, Liam. You and I are not fifty. Nope. What age did your beard start going gray? Um, and my hair's not even black, so it's harder to see. Probably." Early thirties. Early thirties. Yeah, and he's all like, "Oh no, my hair's my hair's going at fifty. God dang like, it! I might have a hair here. I got a haircut today. Uh, tell you what, when they started combing it and cutting it. I'm like, there's a lot of gray in my hair. There's a lot You'd of gray. You'd be a great detective, Liam. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw that he had. I meant to say when we came in, but you know, somebody was talking and we were talking about them. Anyway, my hair started going gray when I was eighteen. Did it really? Yeah. So, well, yeah. I know, so, it's, I know it's all colored now. Yeah. But you know, purple. But it's. Last time I saw it... So that's it was, not natural, you're telling me. Oh, it's all natural, baby. <laughs> um, no, um, 70% of my hair is grey now. So Is it really? Yeah. There we go. So that's what you guys have to look forward to. Look for, congratulations. I have not had a grey oh, hair no. yet. I, have, I, I didn't have, have a moment when it turned grey. I had a moment when I started getting a little white flex in my beard. That was the big thing for me. Biggest one for me. I found a couple silver hairs I've got one in, in my, my head eyebrow. sometimes. But I think they're just dead hairs. Sorry, Ethan, you tell me you're going grey? <laughs> no, I found, I found a yes, couple yes, he hairs. He's, that had, I, he's had grey hairs. Okay. Yeah, I found like That's fine. I was like, oh, they're they're dead hairs. I'm sorry, I'm grey at eighteen. So yeah, yeah, I was about eighteen when I started. We felt I had like a massive head of hair. What were you saying, Liam? I was saying I just discovered that in the last few months I've got a grey hair in my eyebrow. Oh no! Really? Yeah. Oh. See, my hair's so fair that like for the longest time I don't think I realized until like there was a ton of grey in it because <laughs> it's all just kind of this ashy blonde. You, it is. It, it was. It was red, and then it went ashy blonde when I hit more, my. You a lot more re- ginger red more, yeah. when you were when we first met you. If you look at some pictures, if the lighting's right, my hair looks really ginger when I yeah. first kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you look, look, look at the impact you've had on my life. Victory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Riggs, we cut to him. He wakes up with a cigarette in his mouth already lit. Yeah. Uh, for the late, we had boobs at two minutes and fifteen seconds. We got Mel Gibson butt at six minutes and forty seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't even scratch himself. There's sure. a bit where he's 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 having a leak. So he's having a leak, he's drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> listening to Family Feud. <laughs> sure. Uh, this was not the original opening. The original opening featured Martin Riggs drinking alone in a bar when he's accosted by a couple of thugs who want his money. Riggs claims all his is in the bank and tells the thugs not to fuck with him. The thugs attack him, but Riggs easily subdues them. He is then allowed to take a free bottle of booze from the bar in exchange for never returning. Richard Donner felt the movie should open with a brighter look at Riggs and instead oh. film the scenes with Riggs awakening in his trailer to replace it. I would have liked that scene. <laughs> would you have? Yeah. I think it must have been like I think I'm just giving like a summary. I'll, I'll obviously, that's what I did. <laughs> that's kind of what we do here on the pod. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But I think from the sounds of it, it must have been like more like what we see Riggs as later. Oh, okay. like that kind of like doesn't care if he lives or dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of kind of type. Uh, back at the Murtaugh house, uh, there's an end apartheid sticker there on is. the mm, uh, fridge, is. which dates it kind of yep. appropriately. And I'm like, I've always known apartheid as a thing in the past. Yeah, because I wouldn't have been old enough to really get it. No, and it was weird. It was wild to think, you know, you know, there's something of it. Like in many ways, films become like time capsules. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for for what's going on. So it was, it was, it was good to see that. Um, and 
they had this lovely sort of family dynamic. She's like, don't step on the egg. And he goes, what was I thinking? I should have checked the floor for an egg, <laughs> which feels like kind of like natural. Yeah. I think. I yeah. like that dynamic. The sort of the sort of sarcasm you use with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and this is where we find out that some guy named Hunsaker is looking for him. Uh, and then down comes his daughter, and she's like, this is my New Year's Eve dress, Daddy. I like it. Isn't it cool? <laughs> and the, I, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Candace Whisper, but that's yeah, what, I'm like, what are you doing George Michael for? <laughs> but it Have is like, seen the sexy again, saxophone guy? again, though, it is like this, like, you know, just sexualized saxophone score yeah, it is, that it comes is. in. And I'm like, why would you get up? Because he's going to work. So why do you, you know what I want to do at 8.15 in the morning or earlier? I'm going to put on my party dress so dad can see it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it cool? And clearly dad's not a fan of it. Well, of course he's not. Let's talk about the casting now. Let's it. start with uh, Riggs, Mel Gibson. Yeah. Uh, Shane Black said he wanted William Hurt to play the role of Martin Riggs. Really? Is that the oh. dude that voices dragons a lot? Uh, no, that's Sean No, Hunter. William Hurt's um, the general guy in uh, the Marvel movies. Is the, that William the, Hurt? The general guy. I get John Hurt and William Hurt. It's John Hurt, the dragon John guy. Hurt's, yeah. John Hurt's the war doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah John yeah, Hurt's yeah. John Hurt's like alien and all that. I'm think Will, I, I swear William Hurt. Take a look. See William yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw his picture. General, general Ross, I think it is. I don't think. I'm not sure if it is. Take a look. Um, but studio executive said Hurt was too obscure for the part. Yeah. Christopher Reeve uh, really? wanted a shout for it, but turned. But then was turned turned it down. Uh, Mel Gibson was invited by Richard Donner as uh, he'd seen him in something called Lady Hawk. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, yeah, what's, that what's, is the William. Uh, oh, I was thinking okay. of. Yeah. Lady so what's Lady Hawk? Is Michelle Pfeiffer, Matthew Broderick, and Rutger Hauer? I guess he must be in it somewhere. Well, that's blown my mind yep. because I like Lady Hawk. Oh wait, after Lady, yeah, must be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, the casting director was on board and arranged for Gibson to fly in from Sydney just for a test. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a short flight. Hang on, when was um? It, it, been, it must have been a hell of a difference in years because Mad Max was what seventy nine. Yeah, and this is what eighty yeah. five. I didn't say earlier, but I forget. Yeah, I can't remember either. Eighty five, eighty six, eighty eighty seven, eighty seven. Yeah, wow, okay. Thirty fifth. No, that's right. Thirty fifth anniversary. Yeah. Is what we're oh, doing of course, today. yeah. 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 So, uh, so probably productions like eighty six, late eighty five, early eighty six. I thought he was a bit more popular before then. To be fair, don't know. So anyway, according to a June two thousand seven Vanity Fair magazine article, Bruce Willis was considered for the Riggs role. Uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson and Bruce Willis were considered for each other's roles because we talked about we Die did. Hard, how they almost cast Mel Gibson. How in the role. weird would that have been? Yeah, both movies were produced by Joel Silver. Both movies had music by Michael Kamen. <laughs> <laughs> Willis was offered Martin Riggs, but turned it down and a year later he did die hard gibson was considered to play john mcclain but uh they, 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 he's one of the many who turned it down coincidentally the script for die hard with a vengeance originally was pitched as a lethal weapon sequel which is why you get that dichotomy that, between yes. the two of them because the, it feels like that's a buddy the, cop movie that's that's an anomaly though in that the, is because the, the rest hard, of them is yeah. just him by himself yeah, yeah, yeah. i really like die hard with a vengeance. i do i do yeah. i do too um Mel Gibson also turned down starring roles in The Fly and The Untouchables to do this movie. Now, The Fly is one thing. I don't like The Fly. The Untouchables, good movie. Great movie. But Lethal Weapon makes him into a movie star, you know what I mean? Yeah, Lethal Weapon is the way to go. Yeah. 
But The Untouchables is a great movie. It is. Uh, Gibson said, this particular story was a cut above the others I had passed on because the action is really a sideline which heightens the stories of these two characters. I picture Riggs as an almost chaplain-esque figure, a guy who doesn't expect anything from life and even toys the idea of taking his own. Doesn't just toy with it, jeez. Mm. He's not like these stalwarts who come down from Mount Olympus and wreak havoc and go away. He's someone who doesn't look like he's set to go off until he actually does. So I guess it's that grounded realism of who this guy is, mm-hmm. which, of course, and John McClane, I guess, would take a step a step further in Die Hard the next year. Yeah. Then let's talk about Murtaugh, played by Danny Glover. Originally, one of the considerations was Brian Dennehy. Oh, that'd have been cool. Oh. I'd have been well up for that, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I love Brian Dennehy. But he turned it down because he played cops before in films like First Blood and FX. Yeah, First Blood, yeah. Um, and how he made I- a horrible, horrible cops, didn't he? He was also in like, was he in Short Circuit? I think he was in Short Circuit. Uh, however, Denny. He was in he, Cocoon. Sorry? He was in Cocoon. Was he a cop there? No, he wasn't a cop. Oh, he was just in it. He was just in it. Yeah. yeah. However, Denny, he and Danny Glover had previously appeared together in Silverado in 1985. So cast director Marion Doherty first suggested teaming Gibson with Glover because Murtaugh had no set ethnicity in the script. How far we've come. Oh, uh, yeah, we have. Because I don't think we would have gone ahead and said, Obviously, it suggests that Riggs did have a set ethnicity, yeah, but yeah. Murtaugh didn't. That's the big, ooh, wow. Yeah. So um, where am I at here? Uh, there it is. Uh, so he was flown in from Chicago, a little bit closer flight than Sydney. According to Donner, it took about two hours. By the time we were done, I was in seventh heaven. They found innuendos. They found laughter where I never saw it. They found tears where they didn't exist before. And most importantly, they found a relationship, all in just one reading. So if you talk about casting, it was magical. Just total dynamite. You can see that on screen, though. You can see them two really work well together. Mm. Uh, The draw for Glover was equally strong. He had just come off of his role as, as Mr. in The Color Purple. And felt the role of Roger Murtaugh offered him a whole range of new character expression experience. A direct quote, aside from the chance to work with Mel, which turned out to be pure pleasure, one of the reasons I jumped at this project was the family aspect. The chance to play intricate relationships and subtle humor that exists in every close family group was an intriguing challenge. As was playing a guy turning 50, Murtaugh's a little cranky about his age until everything he loves is threatened. His reawakening parallels that of Riggs. <laughs> So it's interesting sort of because I think I always look at this as a Martin Riggs movie and don't look as carefully at the Roger Murtaugh, but I think there's something in that. Yeah. Uh, Both actors were signed by early spring 86, and they then flew home to pack and returned to L.A. and began an intensive two months of physical training and preparation. Now, I get Gibson doing that. Mm. I'm not really sure what Glover goes through in this film. Not really, does he? Not really. But they're like, all right, you go ahead. You go ahead and join us. All right, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Now you two go and have some fun now. He do he do take a swan dive off a of, off a boat, doesn't he? No, I, in this one. Well, I say a swan dive. They kind of fight and fall off. Yes. <laughs> uh, during pre-production, Gibson and Glover shadowed LAPD officers, and Richard Donner consulted the sheriff's department of Los Angeles County to ensure an authentic portrayal of the police force. And that one's out there for Julian, who worries about things like this. There we are. <laughs> so, on the case, we meet Dixie the Hooker. Yeah, Dixie. Yeah. Hey, Dixie saw the jump. Um, and so we find out that the woman who who jumped, the prostitute, She's at the start of the film, well. was a daughter of uh, Hunstacker, who uh, got a hold of us at the start of the movie. 
Then we cut to the Christmas tree stand and Riggs, in probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, this is, a good scene. is trying to buy some cocaine. He wants to buy it all and haggles his way into a free tree. So well done, you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's some confusion over the price of the cocaine because they say 100 to which Riggs starts counting out $100. <laughs> and at one point even stops him and says, you're, you're making me lose count. Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and decides he wants it for free and throws his badge on the table. And the badge starts to slide and move right until they cut away. <laughs> And then they go, this isn't a real badge. I don't think you're a real cop. Um, and so get, they say, get, think he's crazy. Nice introduction to that concept. He shows them how crazy he is and does like a Three Stooges routine in the yeah, middle of it. by himself. Gibson's a huge fan of a Three Stooges. He is. I, I am not. No, I mean. I don't like. So when he does, I go, ah, oh, shoot. They, can't, right. they do that in Greece as well. Do they really? Stooges, yeah. At least then it would have been like, like current in the timeline. Well, yeah, yeah. Jeez, true. this is. When I was a kid, we in the summer, you could get reruns of Three Stooges on CBC. Oh, okay. I've only ever seen one, I think. So I've seen probably a bunch of them, like a whole bunch of them. Um, it really is like the lowest grade of humor. Because they all do the same things. Yep. It's all physical humor, right? Yeah, it's yeah. all slapstick. <clears throat> yeah. I remember they tried to reboot the Three Stooges like 10 years ago, and it was, it was oh, it was awful. You can't. It's, it's a certain type of humor. It's generational. Yeah, it is, yeah. You can't modernize oh, that. I found that out when I asked a bunch of my students if any of them had seen Monty Python, and like <laughs> none of them had. I was so sad. I'm like, you're supposed to discover Monty Python when you turn into a teenager. That's, how, that's part of the point of being a teenager. You discover these things. You discover Monty Python. You discover Rocky Horror. You, <laughs> you know do. what I mean? These you things do. on the periphery, and you find them, and you make them yours, because you don't think anybody else has really seen them. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some of our kids at work have seen no Monty Python. They Maybe like it. it's the internet. Maybe the fact that nothing is hidden away now, so you can't find and discover that thing that's just yours, because it's everywhere. Yeah. Everything's well, everywhere all the time. There are so many things like, top 10 comedies, number one, Monty Python, Maybe, yeah. the Holy Grail, or like, tic- <laughs> well, I think TikToks are just like, look at these Monty Python sketches. Yeah, like I remember the first time someone handed me a, a tape of Monty Python, and I, 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 I don't know if I pulled the sickie. It wasn't just to watch it. I just pulled the sickie, and then I, I watched the video while yeah, I was yeah. home. And, uh, and yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing, and I couldn't figure out if I'd screwed up the ending or not, because of how it ends, and it's just kind of there. Um <laughs> And I was like, oh, what's, what's, huh? And it was, but it was this thing that we found, and we all started making Monty Python references, and we don't, we don't really have that stuff anymore. See, I never really liked Monty Python. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here expressing my love for it, and you're like, yeah, no, I don't really like it. I was more like Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah, yeah, it, it's weird. I think Python had a certain global um, yeah. accessibility about them, whereas I don't think they did. No, they didn't. Nah. I feel in the UK, Only Fools and Horses seems to be like an outlier where everyone just, for some reason, gets into no, but it. Only Fools and Horses was like, it's like a show you're, you're like Nan likes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's like saying, we found this really edgy thing, Mrs. Brown's Boys. <laughs> Only on our podcast can you mention Mrs. Brown's Boys and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, oh so they're going to go, he's like, we're going to put you under arrest, so get your noses in the dirt. At which point, the guy who's like his assistant in the back of the Christmas tree truck just opens fire just on them it, like it? we're not going to arrest anybody here we're just shooting shoot 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 um a guy takes gibson hostage and riggs tells everyone to shoot him shoot, shoot, him! shoot, shoot him! him uh riggs is a loose cannon the hostage taker isn't uh isn't he's like what what are you doing he's <laughs> like shoot him shoot him they end up arresting the guy the guy who's um who's holding a hostage is called blackie dammit real name john Ketis. 
the father of Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do you know what? Whoa. All these years, I've been watching that movie, and I went, he looks familiar. Yep. Why does he look familiar? Not because he's, I've seen him in anything else, but because he's him. Is his kid the one in Point Break? Because one of the guys from Point yeah. Break is a Red Hot Chili Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that his kid? Yes. Yeah, so there we go. How cool so there, is There's that? a link between Point Break and Lethal Weapon, released only about eight years, nine years apart. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... Uh, I just realize. I mean, it kind of is a joke here. There's sort of a warning here um, about content, and it's that Gibson character Riggs is thinking about killing himself. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, um, it's uh, it's this weird juxtaposition because you got Bugs Bunny singing Christmas stuff in the background. Um, but he's doing, sta- um, Christmas Carol, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's like a, a Looney Tunes <coughs> yeah. Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. He's staring at his wedding photos and then looks at the chamber of his gun, and you get this point of view shot on the chamber, mm-hmm. and it's in Child of the Depth of Field, so all you see is the tr- is the barrel, and you don't see anything else. The thing I like, but wherever wherever you're positioned, <coughs> it's in your direction. Yeah, it's how point of view shots work, isn't it? No, but is in like like no matter what side of the room you're on, it will look as if it's like facing your area because the way that it's framed okay it's like a it's like, eye the, it's trick, like, it's yeah. like when the eyes of the painting follow you everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah um and so he then puts the, the the gun up to his forehead and then he puts it in the in his mouth and then he cocks the gun but he can't actually pull the trigger uh, but in the middle of this they even cross cut to the looney tunes a christmas carol i think um, that's clever yep. <sighs> it's such a if you think about really? Christmas and the, and the concept of hope, yeah, yeah, and what that means, and then he says, he's kind of crying a little bit as he does it. He says, "I miss you." <laughs> I first thought he said, "I have issues." <laughs> I'm like, no shit. I'm like, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but he says, "I'll see you later. I'll see you much later." And uh, you know what? In, in a movie full of this sort of, you know, the, the typical '80s action movie. This has got a surprising amount of like depth to me. And do you know yeah. something else? When he says, I'll see you later, I'll see you much later, yeah. that's not someone who's suicidal. Well, he did just have a gun in his mouth. No, but to see you much later? It's a statement of intent. Yeah, now, it's could, a thought. Could, could he relapse? Sure he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we see it the next day. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. But it's the idea of, you know, this is someone who's hurting and pain. When you get to a certain level of pain, it just feels like it's just all encompassing mm. and like yeah. you're like it's choking you you're having your, your very breath choked out of you and he sees this as a moment of of, of of release and he just can't make himself do it thankfully and isn't thankfully. the dog there as well the dog yeah the dog's Sam the dog Sam the dog yeah. I, I, suicidal I, I, thoughts is like it's not just oh i wish i was this i want to be free of this pain yeah, I, I, thought the dogs I feel like, we'd like, be i feel we'd be remiss because we're talking about a fictional sort of thing, but I feel we'd be remiss if it's something like if you're going through something, reach out and talk to someone. Yeah, absolutely. reach out and talk to someone. Um, there, are, I think like most people, I've there's been suicide in the greater realms of yeah. my of my life. Never really to a super close um, situation where someone um, has taken their life, um, but enough that. Uh, you know, you, I've seen the effect it has on other people. And I think to a, to a person, everyone was just going, I, I wish I'd known because I would have liked to have tried to help. Yeah. 
And so I think as we're saying here is if you're hurting, just 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 talk just, to someone. Just reach out. Yeah. Talk to someone. There's never anybody. I mean, I wish I was doing something for the for the for the, for the, the pod ones. And I came across something. Someone tweeted something. It was like I don't know if they were serious or not, but it was something along the lines of you know help me stave off these thoughts I'm having about that da 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 da. Yeah. And I responded and said, Hey man, I'll talk to you for I'll talk to you for hours if I, if if that's if that's what it takes. Happy to. No, happy to good. realize that there's you know more stuff yeah, yeah and that's absolutely. just the idea of going look i mean I, I don't even, but you know i think i think we've all been at a time where we thought Shh, it, it, it can't get better and then it does and then it does and we yeah. and, and, and the pain and the hurt can go away and so i would just that's a bummer everybody out but i just feel like it'd be remiss if we just skip by this yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah so there we go because there will be people listening that would have gone through that or might even be going through that yeah Oh, this scene was very raw and true for me, and I felt a lot of experience in that. A lot of, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going to pivot because there's yeah. not much else. Yeah, we can, no, we the, can the, do. The, the, yeah. Um, so, um, in the scenes when Riggs is contemplating suicide, there's an actual bullet blank in the chamber, which Mel Gibson was pointing in his head. I think it would allow for a greater sense of portraying the scene realistically and dramatically. Uh, Franco Zeffirelli, uh, reportedly decided to offer Mel Gibson the role of Hamlet after seeing the scene. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you want to think about, you know, what's about as far away you can get from 1980s cocaine and boobs in the first two minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. yeah so um is that a head in my hand i see before me yeah <laughs> um that's a, is it a dagger that's, that's actually Macbeth. but but good on you well I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm new to the <laughs> to be or not to be that is the question oh uh, there we go that's the big hamlet alas poor york the skull was the last poor well york i knew him yes um two randoms are talking about riggs's mental stability they'd both be fired they would they are yelling in open corridors about someone's mental capacity yeah, and, oh, and one of them, like it the turns most... out, is like the therapist. Yeah, you can't yeah. do this. Yeah. It's like the most blat- uh, blatant. Um, oh, what was it when you explain? I've forgotten. It's exposition. Yeah, it's like the most blatant. Because I was like, we've just seen this really nice, well done thing of showing his mental state, and I said, like, he's delusional. He wants to kill himself. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I do like. Know. I do like because this is going to be what Murtaugh's going to walk away thinking. Mm. He's in one of these two things. So it shows you what the every, because not everybody has access that we did. We got to have mm. that omniscient viewpoint in the trailer with him. So now it's like, mm-hmm. what does everybody else think? Of, what's his reputation yeah. amongst everybody else? Uh, and we never find, at least we don't find out in this movie, how his wife dies. We just know that his wife's dead. I think it's like car crash. Yeah, it is a car crash. Oh, it's it's a, car a car crash? accident, yeah. Well, I missed that. Yeah. So I, did I. <laughs> yep. I think he was a drunk driver, wasn't he? Oh, what, the guy who hit, who hit her? I think so, yeah. Nah, that could explain the anger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Murtaugh's buddy are telling him that men in the 80s aren't tough. They have feelings. The guy admits he cried in bed. I'm like, this guy's going to hate the next 40 years if he thinks men in the 80s aren't tough. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> no, but these ideas about, you know, stereotypical masculinity. When you think about, like, Rebel yeah. Without a Cause and what it meant. We talked about, about yeah. manliness there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go check out our Murder Murder Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. <laughs> Back in the archives a couple of months. Um, we find out the girl at the start, uh, it wasn't a suicide. Uh, it was a homicide because someone altered the pills. So we stopped the, the viewing here and went, mm-hmm. this isn't a suicide. Sorry, we, we were, hang on. It's still a suicide. Yeah, she still jumped. She still jumped. 
the fact that she would have been dead five minutes later, irrelevant. Yeah. Irrelevant. She still jumped. Now, if she jumps because someone says you're going to die a horrible death, if it's kind of like a, like, a, like a knives out situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're told so he sort of ends things because he doesn't want to die that way. Okay, that's no longer suicide. That's something else. Mm-hmm. But this, she's not aware of it unless you can tell me whatever they laced this or her cocaine with is what made her jump rather than the cocaine itself, which is never clarified for us, nor could you. Everyone knows that putting that chemical in, in cocaine makes you suicide. No, you, you want to yeah. So, no, this is still very much a suicide. Now, I know movie's got a movie, and we yeah, got to yeah, sort yeah. of walk down this way, but the idea of it, no, this doesn't count as a suicide anymore. 100% wrong. <laughs> yeah. 100% wrong. Yeah. Suicide with murderous intent or whatever you can call it. Yeah, like, like if, if I go into a building and someone has, I mean, sorry for the extreme sort of idea here, <laughs> but if someone has ended their life, and then I walk in and shoot the corpse five times, unaware the person's dead. I have not done anything wrong. No. Other than tampering with evidence. But There yeah. was an episode well, of a not, show I watched where that was the literal yeah. thing. Some guy dies of a heart attack and someone goes to stab yeah. him. And they're yeah, like, well, you're free to go, even though you had the intent. Yeah, if you, if you had a heart attack and you're dead and I go bang, 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 bang. I mean, I might be a jerk. I might have had murderous intent, but that means you can't be, mur- you can't be arrested for intent. No. No. Yeah, they even say, like, we probably shouldn't let you go, but we, we're going to have to. Yeah, legally. We're smiling friends for that kind of thing. I think you can be arrested for intent. No, if you actually murder someone, they then look at your intent to determine how severe your punishment should be. Ah, uh, okay. But if I intend to punch you in the face right now. Yeah. Well, no, I think I'm it's- intending really hard. <laughs> how have you felt it so far? Punching and stabbing. To no, no, I'm still intending. I'm still intending. It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. Intent. It only matters if it's. That's, that's the whole theory of the film Minority Report. Minority, yeah. What is it that line they say in like police things? And it's like there's something with intent to kill. Yeah, if I shoot you with the intent to kill you. Yeah, which means I've it means shot. it means I still shot you. I have caused assault yeah. on you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so with, uh, you could just shoot someone without intent to kill. Or if but... I shoot at you, that's still a crime as well because you're alive. Yeah, and I shouldn't be a discharging a firearm near a live person. Yeah. yeah, if you're dead, you got none of these rights. Yeah. yeah. So if I was like, oh, someone that I think is sleeping, but they're actually a corpse, and I shoot them, and I'm like, oh, I killed. Oh no, they're that they were dead already. I had intent, but they they they've been gone for a while, so my my fact is null. Please join us next week for our Legal Advice Podcast. <laughs> I love listening to him. <laughs> he goes off on these tangents. I, have no- <laughs> I think we all do, buddy. Oh, I know, but I love it. Um, where are we at here? Uh, so Murtog sees a guy, and like uh, his, his attention's taken. It's Riggs. He sees Riggs sitting there. And meanwhile, we hear he's going to be getting a new partner, and he doesn't like that. The sergeant comes in and says, oh, you shaved your beard off. I guess because he was getting gray hairs. He he's was, a bit yeah. vain, so he shaves. Left they say, though. yeah. They say you look. Danny Glover looks weird without a, without his he, facial hair. He does. Witness, nineteen eighty five. Give it a watch. Yes. Really weird. Yeah. Good movie. It is. Um. Then we hear. Uh, so then we see Riggs pr- produce a gun in the most cavalier way possible. Like he takes his gun out like it's not a big deal. Undercover hat on. Well, he's carrying hat on, but he's sitting in a police station. No yeah. one's guarding him. No. No one's like got him like handcuffed. But we're like gun, and he runs gun! for him. No other cop reacts. And so he tackles him down. Um, I like how he just hip didn't like that. A little bit of a hip toss, and and Riggs takes down Murtog, puts his. And we get this great like point of view shot looking up at the young guy who's just like mugged you off in front of everybody, and we go. It's like typical like eighties movie. Why don't you meet? You like to introduce you to your new partner, and, and the, then we get the classic. The, 
I'm, I'm getting too old for this shit. No, I'm getting. It's I'm too, I'm old, too old for this yeah. shit. Yeah, getting would happen in the movie too. What's the? Isn't there a little bit of music there as well? Oh, it's that whole. And so the boys chat in the car park, and they talk guns. And Murtog calls him a lethal weapon. Roll credits, and he goes, "Look, you're one of two things." He says, I, I, got, I got you figured out, Riggs. You're one of two things. Either you're suicidal, in which case no one wants to work with you, and I'm fucked. Or you're faking it, in which case no one wants to work with you, and I'm fucked. Sorry, it's Gibson who says this, too. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what. I don't want to work with you, so what does that make me? <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets in the car, and he goes, I got to figure it out. God hates me. That's what. <laughs> Riggs goes, smiles, goes, hate him back. It works for me. I still love the, was really funny. It is. I still love the fact that he says he's got what two weeks to retire or something. Does that? I think he says that, doesn't he? Not uh, long, anyway. Yeah, it's, pr- it's weeks, isn't it? Yeah, if not a week or something. And yet, this lasts what four movies? Uh, yeah, but the, the, <laughs> the theme of him being ready to retire is a recurring string. I just find it especially funny. in two. In two, it is the whole plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the greatest prop gun in movie history. The prop Beretta 92F that Bell Gibson uses in this film is the same prop gun that will be used by Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Wow. The oh. exact same, not the model, the same gun. That's brilliant. That should be in a museum somewhere. That should, yeah. yeah. It belongs in a museum. Let's meet Mr. There's also another. We'll get to it when we get to it, actually. Okay. Because I want to know. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Another parallel. Let's meet Mr. Joshua. Oh, Gary Busey. Played by Gary Busey. Uh, The crucial role Joshua was settled when Gary Busey asked for a chance to read for a part. He's been an Academy Award, uh, sorry, a star since his Academy Award nominated performance in the Buddy Holly story. Since then, he had not auditioned for a film in years. He was just given parts. Well done. Direct quote, I had butterflies, he said. I've never played a bad guy, and no one had seen me since I'd lost 60 pounds and got back into shape. You wouldn't be in that shape for too long. <laughs> no. Uh, but I, so, George, out of curiosity, Mr. Joshua, mm-hmm. did you recognize him as Keanu Reeves' partner from Point Break? Point no. Break, yeah. No. <laughs> the oh, the kind of fat though. guy who's like, I pizza for him. breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Not a clue. Literally only about four years or something. It, 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 it wasn't very much. Long, was it? Long. But I decided to take the initiative in order to have someone work with Dick, Joel, Mel, and Danny, I'm constantly for someone to pull the best performance out of me, and any of those guys could. They even talked me to dye in my hair. In his e-true Hollywood story biography, Busey says he was hired to play Joshua because they were looking for someone big and menacing enough to be a believable foe for Mel Gibson. Busey also credits the film for reviving his failing film career. And this really is it. This is him going, who's the opposite that we can pin against Riggs? Yeah, if Riggs yeah, yeah. is this superstar, which he is, who's his opposite? But Riggs is like a normal sized everyday man, isn't he? Oh, he's, I mean, every, until he takes his shirt off in the movie. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean? Wow. Gary Busey. I mean, he's huge. Busey's huge, but like Gibson's cut. Yes, he is. Yeah. The definition's <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah. It's not bulk. He's not, he's not swollen. He's just cut. Yes. Which in the 80s, it was about big guys. It, was, yeah. it wasn't about Stallone, cut guys. Yeah. 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 Stallone and Schwarzenegger. So to add tension between the actors, the director kept, Richard Daughter kept telling Gary Busey and Mel Gibson, it was the other who kept eating the last waffle at catering. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. Me too. We meet Mr. Mendez, who's really only here in order to establish who Mr. Joshua is. Basically. One of the worst lines of the script. Where'd you pick this guy up? Psychos or us? Yeah. 
How many people rewrote this script? That was oh, one of the jokes I, that I, made I, it. Yeah. I didn't laugh because it was a good joke. I laughed because it was it's bad, just, just so everyone yeah. knows. He goes, do you smoke? And he goes, what are you talking about? Give us your lighter. And he holds. He says, Mr. Joshua, hold out your arm. And they basically hold the lighter underneath his arm Why and burn his flesh. It's to show his slavish no. control. Oh, okay, but it's like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's supposed to show that he is loyal, but like unhinged and especially because in our head we're already going how do you take it's like a bond villain how do you take this guy down yeah, with okay. this ability yeah okay. do you remember when robert carlisle was the bond villain and he couldn't feel pain yes. he couldn't feel anything but especially pain yeah and it's like how do you beat a guy who doesn't like if you punch him like he might move backwards but doesn't yeah. feel anything yeah, yeah he'll feel the impact of your fist hitting his stomach but that part in your brain was says i don't like that that hurt yeah that's not there so what do you do so similar idea i guess um, and we find out there's a heroin order coming in on Friday. Meanwhile, Murtaugh is going to talk to Hunsaker. He says, it wasn't suicide. She was murdered. She was not murdered there, Roger. Uh, <laughs> Dad says she was making videotapes. <laughs> Pornographic videotapes. Dutchy videotapes. Yeah. And thought Murtaugh, I thought you could get her out. Like, what, what's his idea? Like, Roger's going to walk in, like, this movie okay. set and, like, pull her out. Pull her out of the. Uh... We're mid eighties now, right? Yeah, and they're uh, Vietnam buddies. Yep. We come out of Vietnam. What? Well, not we. I mean, Vietnam finished. When did Nixon? Oh, you, you and I didn't serve together in Vietnam. I thought we. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> what was um, that seventy four? That feels late. Is that is that late? Seventies, wasn't it? Really? So, yeah. I don't know when the Vietnam War ends. Can oh, someone check. get to us and find out? Ethan's going to check. So next week we'll have the answer for when the <laughs> Vietnam War ends. Well, my point is. There's quite a few years have passed. Yeah. So why would he, they haven't had no contact since then. We get, why would he what? Why would he then, con- why would he then contact him and go? Obviously he looked up, looked up Glover, he looked up Murtaugh, because he's heard he's a cop. 1975. 75, wow. Ooh, so we're talking about, so yeah. we're talking about 12 years? Yeah. 12 years between that. the end of this war and when the movie's supposed to be set? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it even says 12 years. Oh, does he? Okay, so 12 years. Yeah. So, you know, and if he says, you owe me. So I guess he saved his life or something like that. Yeah, but We, we never find out what. He goes, you know you owe me. But if, say, like, me and you hadn't spoken for 12 years, yep. would you feel like you could come to me and go? Well, if I'm desperate and I think my kid's going to get murdered, yeah. Well, maybe. Well, who do I, I have available I, to I, me that I can talk sound, to? They make it sound too too friendly when, in fact, that's, they've had well, such it's a... It's an interesting thing, because when the wife asks him at the start of the movie, she goes, who's this wife? You never talked about him. He goes, I don't know. I never talked about him. And you get the idea there's something about his Vietnam history that's kind of even a secret he, to his wife. He keeps that under wraps. Or he just won't want to remember, does he? Yeah. So there's something about this, but he doesn't challenge when he says, you owe me. He goes, yeah, okay. So maybe that's why. He owes me one. I'm going to make sure he can help me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, uh, he says, find them, however many there are, and kill them. <laughs> he goes, I'm a police officer. I know you're a police officer. Kill them. Just, he's like screaming. <laughs> like he works in a bank and he's screaming, just kill them. And like, no one, none of the extras are turning no around. He's like, oh, it's just Jerry. He does this. <laughs> on. He's, always, Jerry. he's always telling people to kill people. <laughs> And they go outside, and they're by right by the 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 Pepsi advert that Pepsi put up for this because it's a hot dog cart with Pepsi all around it. <laughs> and in the background, you see a movie cinema that says "Lost Boys." This yes, year's hit. You do this year's hit. Oh, uh, how far has Hollywood come from this schedule? Oh no, that's cool. Never but, seen Lost Boys, so yeah. Oh, it has to be at some point. It's a good movie. Uh, we find out there's a jumper. They go to the jumper. Rig says he should do the talking. He's done this before. He's given some instructions by Murtaugh, to which point he goes, Roger. 
And George was like, well, what? And he goes, what? He goes, I mean, 10-4. And they're like, why wouldn't he get Roger? Roger's pretty standard. I'm like, yeah, but Murtaugh's first name is Roger. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really threw me. But okay. actually, if George hadn't asked about the joke, I don't think I would have thought about it enough to put it together. So oh, okay. fair. Yeah, I think yeah. I was just typing. It, just didn't, even, it didn't even register with me. <laughs> I like this scene. Uh, we get up there, and uh, Riggs is on the roof and wishes the guy a Merry Christmas. Stay away from me, man. Oh, this guy is... <laughs> I got here. Andrew Garfield's dad way overacts this. Because <laughs> this guy looks like like, like Andrew Garfield, but, but like Stay thirty years before. Because I was going, is that Andrew Garfield? I know it's not Andrew Garfield. It can't be Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, like that's why I wrote down Andrew <laughs> Garfield's dad. <laughs> this was the one I had to analyze, and I remember where, like this guy's overacting oh, way word. too much for this film. Uh, like even Riggs at his crazy like like the Three Stooges stuff is like nowhere near this guy. No, no. You know, like an old video game where like you'd play like GTA or something, and like the the pedestrians would like I, freak hang out on, way too hang much. Hang on, I hate you. Did you just say this old video game like GTA? <laughs> I grew up with a Nintendo Entertainment System, dude. <laughs> I remember. Hear me out. I had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. San one Andreas is like. 20 years old now oh, i'm sure i'm sure it is that's a new geez, game that's a new game <laughs> anything in the, in the disc era cannot be called that really old game no. that's like three console generations anyway i think we're talking about but we said this last week about batman there's different forms of storytelling that's acceptable for different forums uh sorry for different forms uh so for instance like when we saw that crazy like when vicky vale goes to the Batcave and goes bruce don't you want to talk about us? That works great if it's one line in a single panel in a comic <laughs> book. When you actually have to hear it, it's like, yeah. this sucks. <laughs> so, such is, but this guy sucks. Um, and, which way, Riggs got on the ledge with him and goes, my boss is down there. And I got to look like it looked like I'm at least trying to save you. Great line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it for me because my boss is down there. And who has another thing about, okay, I want to help you make, make it look good for your boss. You want a cigarette? Offers him a cigarette. Do you he know says, what, right? If he, he weren't a smoker... No, they'll kill you. <laughs> the, lucky for him, he was in the 80s and everybody was a smoker. <laughs> well, that's though? what he then says. Well, let's let cancer kill us slowly or something like that. <laughs> let, let's take our time and we'll both die of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he handcuffs him and goes, look, now if you jump, you're a murderer. And the guy gets really upset. He's like, fine, you want to jump? jump. Let, fine, let's jump. Let's you jump. You want to jump? jump? Let's, let's go. Jump. And he jumps. Now, to the audience, I feel a bit like we've been had because there's this giant air bladder at the bottom, which we have not seen in any other shot no so when he jumps off we're like he's he's killing himself and we get this like super slow-mo and, like, <laughs> and, and then they land <laughs> get him off me man he's suicidal yeah, and he goes uh <laughs> get him away from me meanwhile riggs is going you want to go again let's go again, <laughs> i'm not big on the idea of jumping out of a plane I'd be up for this. Oh, I'd love to do this. I'd be yeah. up for jumping off a building and landing on a big airplane. Yeah, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I'd, I'd much rather do a plane. No, no, no. I want to do, do it's both. that far. I can do that. That's cool. Yeah. But I feel like like you could bounce off a big air bladder. No. No, no way. That encompasses you. No, it's not like it's like 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 fully it's inflated not, yeah, and you know, go back like, like a bouncy castle. What if it's not inflated <laughs> the right amount then and you just still hit the floor hard? Have any of you guys ever done no. like the indoor skydiving <laughs> no. thing where they kind of do something no. similar? I'd love to. No. I've always wanted to because it just looks no. <laughs> fun. Um, Each year we should do something crazy on the podcast. Yeah, yeah and, I'll, <laughs> and I'll report from it from a safe distance. Um, we get just the, commentate, take the equipment and just commentate on us doing it. There we go. We get to the fallout and uh, Murtaugh has like totally just like roughed some guy out of his own business. Get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he says, do you want to kill yourself? And Riggs comes clean. He goes, yeah, you want me to save it? I sometimes think about putting a bullet in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, I do. I really do. 
He goes, every single day I wake up and I think of a reason not to do it every single day. And you know what it is? It's the job. To which point Murtaugh, instead of going, okay, tell me, tell me, he goes, here's my gun. Let's not waste time. <laughs> do it. And Riggs is like meeting him going, I got a special bullet pulled out. Look, look, it's going to hollow out points that way. And it's like, it sounds pretty, pretty good. This is back to my whole, if you sound more confident than yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because um, this could have gone really badly. For, really bad. For, for, how did Mur- Murtaugh how the first day go with Riggs? It's like a proper game of chicken. Who's going to back down first? Oh, my word. And it comes out of nowhere for Murtaugh. Like, obviously, he's angry with a guy jump, But at the end of the day, I'm kind of with Riggs going, he's down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like the way it happened, he's like completely off the handle. And he obviously the way i read it is he obviously waits and take gets him down once the bladder is ready to be like used yeah like yeah. He, where he waits until that's sorted and then yeah. almost pulls him down and then safely. He, he like puts it to his head and he goes no no put it underneath the chin just get underneath the chin that'll be better and we have like these extreme close-ups of just the eyes like this is really like someone went here's film school let's yeah, go ahead yeah. and hit the basic things we need to have the eyes and the back of our eyes and then Murtaugh's sweating buckets oh, yeah. at the same time. This must have been what he worked out for. And then Murtaugh <laughs> grabs the gun, pulls it back. And Where he pulled that trigger, though, that would have gone off. That's what we were saying, weren't we? I was like, how did he stop him? Yeah. That would have gone off. Uh, he goes, you're not trying to draw a psycho pension. You really are crazy. To which point Riggs goes, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And he, and he wanders <laughs> off because it's a little too real and honest and genuine. Yeah, yeah. That's a great little line. At which point then, like, Murtaugh, we cut to him on, a, on like an overpass. And yeah. he's got like the oldest mobile phone there ever was. Brilliant. Like it's like from Vietnam. It must be one of his relics because it's got yeah. some like suitcase. Yeah. Like it's important to put your phone in a, in a case because I really believe you don't want it to smash. But this is a bit obscene. Funny. My Otterbox has got a crack in the bottom of it, so I think we have to get a new wow. one soon. Yeah, it has almost been two years. The psychologist goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, he's really crazy." <laughs> <laughs> At which point, like you probably wouldn't be able to do this. If he was that crazy, he would not be on the force right now. You couldn't, sh- plus you couldn't share that with someone. No. Yeah, oh yeah, by the way, he's been talking about this in our sessions. Absolutely. Yeah. To which point we get him with the, I'm too old for this shit for the second time. <laughs> uh, we drive to Beverly Hills. I never really figured out what we were going for here, but there's no warrant because the gate's open. Oh, this is this the person who was like, like her sugar daddy? Is that where we're going? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, Do you need a warrant? No warrant. If it's, oh, look, it's unlocked. And some girl comes back and goes, Just go on in and help yourself. Now, look, she's in the drug house. You're not going, Go on in, help yourself, (laughs) make yourself at home. Merry Christmas. Yeah. To which point, this is the saxophone again. And we have to, for they really wanted this like long take as they walk around the grounds. So you keep having to like stall for time. We're like, oh, that's good. Yeah, let's look good. Oh, this is paradise. Yeah, I think it's all right. <laughs> there's like three simple. or four of them. <laughs> and then we cut and there's these, a point of view shot inside. And there's these two women in this wi- house that's all windows. They've got their hair all fancily done up and they're wearing nice threads. So they can, as a pair, like shovel cocaine into the same bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at which point they're not sat down they're standing up i'm like your back would start to hurt after a while i love i love, I love the dress code for this <laughs> yeah um so murtog um at which point there's this guy who starts shooting at them now there's Randomly. no there's no link between they don't go no. jerry and then jerry comes and shoots them no. they notice and all of a sudden jerry's out there with, with a gun like, Ping, i'm here now if this is just your security, you should have noticed them when he was coming, when they exactly. drove in. You'd think so. Uh, Murtaugh instead shoots him in the leg, and he's like, show me your hands. And then he's like, see, this is what you do, Riggs. You shoot him in the legs, because now I can ask him questions, because he can shoot him in the legs. But Murtaugh being Murtaugh, surely he'd be like, now make sure I see your hands. You haven't shown me your hands yet. Show me your hands. 
And Riggs is kind of... He puts uh, his gun away before he sees his hands. Yep. And so Riggs then pops him in the chest twice, and he lands on this, like, tarp in the water. Tarp on the... Yeah, yeah. Yes. And he gets wrapped yeah. up at that, and that's why he dies. That's horrible. I've been in that situation. You've been shot twice in the chest? And- no. <laughs> no, I've been in that tarpaulin bit. <laughs> Me and a few mates. Who hasn't been in the part where the girls are like, cleaning up the class A drugs? And you are- <laughs> no, Jeez. not that. Not that bit. Not that bit. When we were in my old school, we had a, a separate building that had. Um, maybe I shouldn't admit this. No, okay, I will. Um, <laughs> so, so, well, it's not there anymore. Okay, so that's been knocked down. So, and it's, many years have passed. Um, but during the summer, because that was a separate building from the school, sometimes there was like windows left open the swim pool so we'd crawl into there and you know go go for a swim but they had this tarpaulin thing across what used to wind up i say yeah and we we as a joke said let's try and run across it oh jeez, no yeah you can't do that no 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 that's bad dude <laughs> i mean I've, 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 so you got wrapped shit. up in this almost yeah, yeah, yeah wow yeah, yeah, okay yeah. i mean that's i've run across shit. one of those but it's when they do it properly and it's only like a meter and a half wide so that if you do fall you fall off not Oh no! no, no. That kind of consumes you. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. And so uh, Murtog does apologize. Says you're not crazy, and thanks Riggs for saving his life. We go to dinner at Roger's house. There's Christmas trees. They have one on the lawn. They got one. And he's offered a Canadian mist, and I went, "What's that Canadian mist?" If anyone should know, you should. You'd think so. I know. It's a whiskey. Ooh. Oh. I've never heard of this. Maybe we should get some for Christmas. Because you have the other one. Canadian mist. <laughs> yeah. Is it like maple flavoured or? Canadian mist sounds kind of druggy. Canadian mist, I thought it was going to be like some sort of. Like, remember like, I thought it was going to be like did, a beer or something. No, I thought it was going to be like. Remember, did you ever have Clearly Canadian over here? No. no. Clearly Canadian was like this. It's based on what we have now in many ways. It's like, it's like a flavoured sparkling water. Oh, okay. But it was like premium. Like if you had Clearly Canadian, it was huge throughout the times I was in high school. So probably about 95 to so 2000. Like fever tree stuff over here. Sorry? Like fever tree, like tonic and soda water. Well, it wasn't a tonic though. It was just well, a no, beverage they, to itself. Like the, they do lots of different posh. Okay. But things. you would buy this to drink it by itself and it was uh, okay. in this clear bottle and it was premium. And so it, it sold all over North America. I know that much. So I thought it would be something like this. But if you're out there, remember Clearly Canadian, give me a shout. Make me feel less old. <laughs> Send a bowl. I don't, think you, oh, was, I don't know if you can buy it anymore. I think it's out of business. Canadian mist, I love it. We also had this thing called Orbits and Orbits had like little like it was almost like bubble tr- not bubble tree but it had like little floaty bits in it Ooh. it was it was like a lava lamp and so really? you drink it and so visually it looks cool until you drink it and you're like uh, you have to feel like all these like little uh, like gelatin balls whatever it was uh, like slide down <laughs> not good it's like if you drink a boba tea without a straw because that's just like maybe uh, yeah a squidgy tapioca what was this drink you were talking about not canadian, canadian. clearly canadian clearly canadian i was gonna say i just found Canadian mist, but no, because I googled it while we were watching. I was like, "What's clear? What's, what's Canadian mist?" Um, Roger's eldest, Rianne, is clearly in love with Martin, though we also told that yeah. she has a boyfriend with blonde hair, and um, she says dimples. What does he say? Yeah, divots or something. I don't something, know. Something like that, wasn't it? It's derogatory. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the world's worst rapping. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> there's like a six-year-old who's like doing that, like you know. Yeah, well, they're doing the beatbox, and then it's like, my name is Sherry, and I like cherries. cherries. 
and do I? Oh, I'm doing better than she is. <laughs> and then they throw to Danny Glover, and he's completely out of his element. Yeah, he tries yeah, yeah. to rap about as well. And well, I think we did this with pop filters. It's really, yeah, thankfully, it's really <laughs> endearing though. It's really, really endearing it, it to this family. Adorable. Yeah. And mm. see, see the difference between the single guy, not by choice, but the guy who's living like this bachelor solo life and then the family man and sort of have him sort of experience that through it. Um, and so uh, then they go out to his boat. They're on a boat and they're it's talking about <laughs> They're talking about how grass is illegal. Can't make it work. It never be floppies. Yeah, so the daughter's like, why can't I smoke weed and you can drink beer? And he's like, well, they are different. And, you know, at the time, I guess it would have been like it was like, like it is here, where weed's definitely illegal in it, the UK. It, it, what's, what's, what's weed like over here? Is it a class C drug? Yeah. 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 You, yeah, yeah you, you definitely don't want to be caught with it. That's for sure. No, no, no. no. You can, no, like, you can be caught. Yeah, no, yeah. there's... They've, they have relaxed some of the rules on it, so you can be caught with it, but you can't be caught smoking it, and you can't be caught with possession in possession with an intent to sell. Yeah, I get that, but still, with with, with my career, you definitely don't want to have it on. Oh you, no, that's no, for no, sure. no, no, okay, no. get this right. I'm, and for the, wait, for the record, I want to say I'm not saying I don't want to be caught with it. I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to state that I am not a partaker, never have been. How weird is this, though? Right, I was walking with my girlfriend from work, and uh, we passed the police station. And there was a strong smell of marijuana. I love the smell of marijuana. Yeah. Uh, I do not. Part of my favorite parts of going to like concerts and stuff were just like this, like, just that. that are, uh, you smell it, you go, oh, I'm at a concert. <laughs> Especially the outdoor it one. sounds very 90s. We have something in Toronto called the Molson Amphitheater, and it's an outdoor venue. It seats about 5,000. I remember I went inside the Dave Matthews band there once. And Dave Matthews band are especially known for their weed. Uh, <laughs> and so the, the lights went out. And I kid you not, there's this purple cloud just above the audience. It was the strongest that I'd ever been exposed to as far as like that number of people. I couldn't see anyone around me specifically doing it. But yeah, you were um, flying that night. It's generally <laughs> it's generally a consensus that if you go to a concert in Toronto, it's going to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Georgia. I'd just like to pop back in with Clearly Canadian is still made and you still can buy it. Really? Yep. Mm, if you want to uh, buy it and ship it to uh, the UK, it will cost you £54 for 12 bottles. Um, and, well, this is in, $54, sorry, and then $250 to actually get it here. Or oh, to ship it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus! <laughs> if you're out there, like, just, just like, I don't know, send us a something else <laughs> i don't really want to the canadian that badly at all if you're like oh what hang on 33 pounds on desert cart desert cart hang on hang on hang on okay we'll come back to this it's, it's, it's we, we do a long show as it is I mean, yeah, we, do. we don't really have time for this um so riggs likes murtaugh's family and uh he, he feels a sense of part of the family yeah. again, doesn't he and he brags about how when he was 19 he shot a guy from a thousand yards out in Laos. I said, it's the only thing he was ever good at. And then just as they leave, Murtaugh goes, hey, Riggs. It was like lovely boyish smile on his face. He goes, yeah. do you really like my, my wife's cooking? <laughs> and there's this moment they just sort of lock eyes. And he goes, nah. no. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. I think that's when he starts to trust him, though, isn't it? Because he, 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 he tells the truth. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Goes inside. There's a present time. And there's always presents for, for from his kids and stuff. This is Christmas then, Eve, though, isn't it? Uh, no, it's Christmas season. It's not Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. No. Uh, there's a yearbook and a videotape, and it's pornography. And Roger gets his big old glasses on because he's going to watch <laughs> a bunch of girls like spray each other with shower heads. 
<laughs> Why not? That's what it was. It's yeah. a weird way to start a porno, but sure. And then Amanda Hunsacker is shot from like in her yearbook, from like behind her. So she's barely looking at the camera. I'm yeah. like, that, you no. might have chosen a better, a better yeah. angle. Uh, the next day, he's awoken. It's not Christmas morning. There's, <laughs> but, it, but but it is like Christmas because a gift of coffee. Coffee. Liam, if you ever want to come around and wake me up with like a like a fresh cup of coffee underneath my nose, I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm okay with that. I remember that. Thank you. <laughs> they go to the shooting range. Come up with a theory about how Amanda died. They're going to go talk to Dixie the hooker. Uh, <laughs> Roger's proud of his marksmanship, and you know it's, he's the old guy, the old lion trying to outdo the young lion. This has been parodied so many times. Yeah, but it's the original, isn't it? Yeah. And so he goes ahead and he sends back this sort of cutout you always see at the shooting range and he's got a shot right in the middle of the head but it's like really close when he shoots it i love how roger does this thing where he kind of kind of tilts his head yeah he's like he psychs himself up (laughs) and he's like ready set draw and he shoots him um and then gibson sends it all the way back it's almost comic even like looks back and like uh, like i like uh, how he he moves from one side to the other there's like three moments where you think it's gonna finish and it keeps going that's like my favorite type of comedy it's a nice joke yeah um and so he goes ahead and he turns the original shot by murtog into the nose of a smiley face yeah just have a nice day and out they go so that was all right um they go to some house that fills their theory. It was Dixie's. First time I ever realized this is the hooker's house from earlier in the movie. Yeah. I'd never realized this. Um, the house blows up. If, if like, if Mr. Joshua had waited, like, like five more seconds. It had him. Movie over. Yep. Mm. Also, if they don't get distracted by talking to the kids, like. Oh, oh the kids. Yes. Oh, I love the kids. The kids. Don't tell him your name, Alfred. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's like, they're gonna, you're going to bust Dixie. You're going to bust Dixie. <laughs> I want to know how they knew they were police before they got out of the car. They yeah, know, they, they do. He must, he, they must have seen the lamp, maybe. I think but he no, doesn't I, put the lamp on until later, no, does no, he? No, no, I think they're street kids, so they know. They, they know? know. Yeah. Mm. Of course, they, they're street kids. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... <laughs> At which point, like, Riggs, I guess, is trying to return the favor, and we're supposed to think he's saving his life back by, like, putting him out because his coat's on fire. But you never actually see the coat on fire. You never see the coat on fire, so (laughs) it just looks like, what's he doing? (laughs) He's attacking him for some reason. At which point, Riggs goes, get off me. What are you, a... And then he uses a homophobic slur. I don't know if you heard this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that. No, he says, get off me, what are you, uh, And it's in the rush of everything else, but he clearly uh, calls him the, the, the shorter version of the F... Um, oh, homophobic slur. What yeah. we might refer to as a cigarette in a slang term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's on brand for Mel Gibson. I was just saying, it must feel. And if you're sitting there going, "You guys haven't really talked much about the Mel Gibson factor," uh, go back and listen to our thoughts on Braveheart. I think we cover it there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Where we kind of go, look, we can't divorce the actor from what he does necessarily in his life. And I'm not saying you know, I'm going to have Mel Gibson around for a dinner. <laughs> Or anything like that, but I am going. I guess objectively, I can. I'm able to divorce at least for what he's done, that from the the films I've seen him in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a. Uh, we talk about Robert Downey Jr. and there hasn't he's you know enough, and there is an idea of it. I like to believe a chance. There's a chance for someone to come back. I yes. like to believe that people can be forgiven. I like to believe people can prove that they have changed and grown and all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we should we should feel that way. That's kind of a state I'm willing to give most people. I mean, it's obviously exceptions for certain behaviors, but all um, right. <laughs> um, and then so the kid, they walk back to the kids, and the kids were like, "Do it again, do it again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And so they go, do you think Dixie was home? And they look, and yeah, Dixie was home. Because she was, she goes to the cops. And the cops send her home to sober up. Yep. (laughs) Probably should have taken her statement when you had it. I'm not being funny. Mm. During the day, she ain't going to be on the streets, is she? No, probably not. <laughs> it's night she's probably not. I think, try, I think uh, you know, um, business is probably better in yeah. the evening. Uh, Riggs is able to ID the explosive setup and trace it back to high-level stuff from his own special ops days. Murtaugh tries to interrogate a little kid. He's like, hi, I'm Detective Murtaugh. What's your name? Do you have a name? They're like, don't tell me your name, Alfred. (laughs) Whoops. And they go, is that a gun? He goes, yeah, it's a gun. Do you kill people? He goes, no. If someone's trying to hurt someone, I try to shoot them in the leg. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is funny. This was was really funny. This was like, this is all, I love this. His his vocal range is like if you took Eddie Murphy doing Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood and you went went up like 15% more childlike. It's like this. Brilliant. When he's like, how old are you? And the kid who's like, don't tell him Alfred covers his mouth and says his age anyway. (laughs) He's six. (laughs) But then one of the kids goes, my mom says cops kill black people. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Well. Timely. Well, not timely. Yeah, 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 it's just, yeah, this is reputation, right? When was... Rodney King. Rodney King's 92. 92. Mm. Yeah. So it was a situation where you're going, oh, a little bit of seriousness in my yeah. in, 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 in my movie. And so then we find out, though, they kind of get through like a really weird, like, what was he wearing? Like, he was paint. Like, he's painted? <laughs> what, like a tattoo? I think a kid is going to know what the word tattoo is. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, but anyway, it was just, it was, it was exactly he like yours. That. Look, I, I remember. Now, we're told the kid was underneath the porch. <laughs> <laughs> How close is he seeing his arm through the, the slits in the wood panels? He's about he just got really two inches away. <laughs> Joshua didn't see him. <laughs> Joshua was flexing as he knew the kid was there. <laughs> You see that kid? That means I'm tough. <laughs> he just likes to narrate everything. It's like, as you can see from my tattoo with all of these yeah. oh, uh, descriptions. I, I hope Alfred was given some ice cream as well. Because he yeah, got the rest he's... of the The best part's when Murtaugh's like, give me some paper and some crayons. Have <laughs> the kid draw. I, I want to see that drawing. Because <laughs> as a six year old, geez, what are you going to draw? Uh, yeah, exactly. A uh. stick figure, perhaps with the right color hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, at him, look, he's smiling as he puts yeah. the explosive device underneath. A drawing as good as I would be able to get. Yes. Um, so we go back to Murtaugh and Hunsacker, and they're by some house. Maybe it's Hunsacker's house. It's a beautiful house by the ocean. Uh, it says, Murtaugh goes, you can call me something she's into, but something you're into. And he, to his credit, Hunsacker does put up about 15 seconds of a front before he comes clean. The shadow company was running everything in layouts, and they're still hauling drugs. They're all ex-CIA and mercenaries. They're big business. Roger says he's going to knock it all down, but he goes, no, I got another daughter. Insert helicopter that sneaks up, I thought, out of nowhere. It is. You can see it behind. You can see it, but why doesn't Riggs see it? Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when do you, you hear, hear it? Either? Yeah. Because that sort of comes up the clip. You should hear like it like a... You should hear it. On some level, but it's just... Yeah, okay, great. Mr. Joshua shoots him through his eggnog. Love that shot. Literally and figuratively. And we get to hear... And off they go. 
At one point, Riggs is shooting his gun after the helicopter. I'm like, okay, easy, Riggs. But then I'm like, no, hang on. He killed the guy from 1,000 yards out in layoffs. This guy's a sniper. Like, okay, maybe maybe he could. So I'm like, all right. I don't think it's the right gun for it, though, is it? Hey, I saw Jack Nicholson take down the Batwing last week. (laughs) That is true, yeah. If that's possible. That's one hell of a cannon on that. Yeah, if that's possible, you know, this is possible. (laughs) My argument there is, what is the range of one of those guns? But also, if he's such a crack shot, we've seen him just earlier do... The smiley face. Yep. He would have winged him somehow. Like, he was like, might have, like, bounced off a, like, door or something Or something. Like that. Yeah. You know? Um, now, he said he did a guy from 1,000. Now, keep in mind, a shooting range is... He'd have had a sniper rifle, though, wouldn't he? Is controlled in layouts. He would have had a sniper rifle. Yeah. So, maybe with a handgun, wind, and things like that, especially with, you know, I'm sure the helicopter is distributing wind in a different variety as well. I don't know the range of the gun either, so... Don't know any of these things. I'm assuming Hermes or Julian will get a hold of us with about the ballistics or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Um, That'd be good. Yeah. Please reach out. Thank you. Um, we get to hear the conversation between the baddies. It's not too often we get their perspective, but we get it here. And they admit to shooting Hunsaker over a CB channel. <laughs> yep. Hunsaker is dead. I'm like, yeah, you know you're broadcasting this on a radio across. Where everybody can everybody hear. Everybody can hear if you're just tuning in that channel. Yep. I remember my, uh, I had a friend, uh, first time I, I actually went around his, around his house. His stepdad called me Jeff as a way to, to, <laughs> cause I'd have to go what my, what my name was. And he goes, see, that's why I called you Jeff. At which point he called me Jeff every time I came around. Uh, but they had these walkie talkies that were going to use for his work. And we went ahead and we sort of went around with them and tried testing them out. Clever idea. Two teenage guys, give me these walkie talkies, see what they'll do. But <laughs> we, we tuned into someone's baby monitor, like across oh, town. Wow. And it was just like, wait, who's playing? We figured out whose it was. <laughs> right, it was crazy. But then the conversation was just really boring. It's just someone else having like their regular day. So we're like, That's oh, funny. okay. Yeah, but it's so like th- anybody could tune in and find this on the- if they're on mm-hmm. the right channel. Um, and so we go back to questioning hookers. And Riggs is doing that. And a car, and this car really does come out of nowhere and shoots Riggs in the chest. It does. Uh, he's wearing a vest. And clearly we're establishing this personal vendetta but between Riggs and Joshua. Riggs never wore a vest before, so why now? So it could make the audience think he's dead? Yeah, but also because you get the idea that he's actually listening to Murtaugh now because he would he, he says afterwards, Maybe, maybe it shows he doesn't have a death wish anymore. Maybe yeah. it's a sign of that. But that comes up again later, though. It would have been great if he was like, wear your vest. No, I'm not wearing my vest. And then this is the payoff is yeah. that he actually wore it this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. wasn't. Because no, there wasn't. No, I agree with you. It's a weird revelation. No, this movie's not well written. No, <laughs> for everything it does, it's not. I don't know if it's terrible, but it's not well written. No, um, I mean it's a first attempt for Shane Black. Yep. Um. So he, we said two inches higher, and they'd have your head. He goes two inches lower. I'd be a falsetto for the rest of my life. Do they think the human body is ten inches high? <laughs> I think so. Like it's like two inches, or my. That's nah, probably about a good foot, foot and a bit, and then. Probably well, no, about get, at least the same. He didn't just get shot once in the middle of the chest. He's been shot like several times. He wasn't shot in his area. belly button and going two inches lower, you'd have me. He was shot in his like abdomen. No, oh, give me a break. It's clearly wrong. Um, <laughs> but Riggs recognizes that it was Joshua who shot him. And then there's a radio, but there's a dead kid. And we find out it's Rianne's boyfriend with the blonde hair. And the, oh, did they say he's dead, did they? I think it's he's dead, isn't it? Oh. I don't know, because I was going to question this, because then... Because they go over there like really shocked and sure. I, I don't know what it they is. Don't, they never mention it again. Well, they, they that, call them they with do. something. Yeah, if they do, Rianne gets over her dead boyfriend really quickly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, we never see especially, him, especially that final scene she has with oh, Rianne. Yeah. She's just a punchline, isn't she? 
That's yeah. right. He is. He's just a punchline, isn't he? Yeah. So um, then we get down back to the house, and they've got Rianne. And I'm like, kids, she's grounded. You should listen. Yep. If you'd stayed out of the, if you'd stayed home, mm-hmm. well, they probably actually would have come in and killed your whole family. So maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> and he gets a phone call. You've got a very beautiful daughter. You'd like to see her again. Come and see at uh, Wait, listen, phone, listen yeah. for more information. Uh, Mr. Joshua then phones the precinct who lies and says that Riggs is dead. Now, I have a hard time believing that like, I'm from the press. Can you confirm? Yeah, Officer Riggs was shot and killed today. And I'm not sure about something you released like that. No, you don't. But the movie needs it to happen. Um, Riggs tells Murtaugh about, here's what we're going to have to do. If we're going to get your daughter back, we are gonna. she will die unless we do something. He goes, yeah, I get that. So we get the idea that he's going to play by Riggs' rules now. But during the speech, the Christmas tree lights are on. Earlier when he comes home, it's dark and the Christmas tree lights are out. Which means that somewhere along the way, he went, <laughs> hang on. Oh, let me pl- let me plug in the tree. <laughs> get some, get some. I don't think these things existed in the eighties. I don't think you had timers. Oh no, you, they, like they were. We had a really old one at home when I was little, and it like tick 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 ticked on. all Hang around. On. When like you a, say really old one, you know that. Oh, old it's old gonna old. be from like two thousand four <laughs> or something. Yeah, it, wasn't, isn't it? it was yeah. like a, it was like it wasn't electronic timer. It was like a like an egg timer on a plug. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, but still, I was just like the idea that they went. Hang on. <laughs> but just the Plum red lights. This is a red light kind of moment. I know it's like ten years Stop later, but though it isn't like one of the main plot points in Home Alone where they're like the wet band is like, look, they've got timers except the McAllisters. Yeah, but those are ty- those are like for like the whole house as well, not just for the Christmas tree lights. So I, I don't fight the idea that a timer could have existed. I just prefer my version where he goes, <laughs> hang on. Or Riggs is like, it's a little dark in here. Let's plug in the Christmas tree. <laughs> it is Christmas. Better atmosphere, you know. isn't it? Yeah. Um, what are we at here? Uh, we find, they got a phone call, sunrise tomorrow. And there's a great follow shot of uh, Riggs running in the desert. And he's a little not scurry. Dessert. Not the dessert. I almost put an extra S in there and said dessert. <laughs> Run in the desert and um the bad guys show up in this like it's like, it's like a rock video it's like a, a limousine a limo, yeah there's a helicopter they, get, they go you come Ooh, with us that's a guns and roses video it is <laughs> <laughs> you come with us and the girl takes a walk and they want murtaugh to take his hands out of his pocket and he's got a grenade a grenade and he's not going and joshua says no there's no way he'd kill his, he, his little girl he says i'm gonna die I'm taking her. She's going to die. I'm going to say when and how. I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> You're going to go with me. Riggs can't take a shot because Roger's in the way. You would have thought they would have covered this. You would. Or Look, like, if you're going to talk a lot, just pace back and forth, would you? The bad guys also have, like, radios and earpieces and stuff. Like, why do these two not have earpieces and radios and stuff so that they can communicate this exact problem? That's a great point. Hey, Riggs, move to the right. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Or Murtaugh, move to the right. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great point. Also, why doesn't he, the man with the gun, who is still quite shimmy slightly over? Doesn't Riggs have something in his ear anyway when he's on the floor? No, uh, he doesn't. The, gun at the, some point. They don't talk to each other. No, they don't. But no. he's got, I'm sure he's got something in his, in his ear. Well, that's the mistake. Really, you want the communication to go the other way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's like, oh shoot, he was supposed to have the earpiece. Oh, wrong way around. <laughs> I know what they're saying, but like, oh, he doesn't know Why, why isn't he hearing me? I've got the earpiece. He can't hear. Oh. Uh. I, we made a deal. I wear the vest. You wear the earpiece. Yeah, 
Um, so Murtaugh is shot and drops the grenade. The grenade's just a smoker, and Riggs is able to take a bunch of guys. At which point, like, you can't even see which one's Riggs. No. So how do you know where to... Oh, no, it's brutal. Meta, but he yeah. kills a bunch of them. At which point, the general, this old guy, out of nowhere, is able to, like, walk the long way around and just happens across Riggs? Yeah. But, I mean, think about the logistics of that. I think they're trying to say that they know what... what he, Even though he's supposed to be dead... Yeah. They're thinking that why would he come out here all on his own? Yeah. There must uh, be someone. Rianne steals the limo, but is, is it caught up with in moments. Rubbish. The general's really, like, he's threatening, but he doesn't shoot him, which is weird. If the general shoots Riggs here, movie's over. Done. Yeah. <laughs> it really is weird. Yeah. Um, because a minute it's like, well, we need to find out what information he knows. Well, it didn't stop Joshua from shooting him in the chest with the hookers. Nope. So the decision that now his life is worth saving is a really strange one. It is. Although maybe they all had like a really petty argument once Joshua came back and said he was dead. And they're like, why did you shoot him? He shouldn't be alive. Still. We need the information. <laughs> no, because because so earlier when back, he says, I've like, killed oh. Hunsack, and we're like, what about Riggs? Like, no, no, he's still alive. And like, well, we need to clean this up. Yeah, he does. Strange. But there's there's too many too many chefs in the in the kitchen in the bad guy group. I'm pretty sure no, because the proof is the, like he holds his arm out and has a, like a lighter underneath. Like clearly, the general's the only guy in charge. Yep. So when then why did Joshua shoot him? Because he was probably told to. I'm saying um, the, the movie the movie defies his own internal logic. Yeah. Yes, it does. I was trying to give it some logic back, but failing. No. Uh, the rifle Riggs uses in the desert is a $10,000 Heckler & Koch PSG-1 marksman's rifle made in West Germany. At the time, it was one of only two specimens in civilian hands in the United States. Producers wanted cutting-edge firearms in the movie, and the PSG-1 was borrowed from Bumblebee Wholesale, a famous gun store in L.A. The rifle usually comes with its own tripod rest, but that wasn't yet shipped with the gun, so prop masters had to weld it on. As a result, the production had to pay for the full value of the rifle. I was going to say, yeah. I was gonna say, why would they weld it on when they could just like make it so that it balances for the shot? I have a feeling someone's a bit of a gun fan in mm. the movie. So we then meet Hendo, um... Is this the guy who shows up in a bunch of movies? Yeah. The guy who tortures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's in um, Die Hard. That's it, yeah, yeah. He's the one who has the, he, he takes the suite from the thing while he's uh, standing there at the, That's right. at the front of the, the building. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's actually a stuntman. And he, I think now, today, like, he doesn't act in front of the films anymore or do any of the stunts. I think he coordinates the stunts now. Yeah, I think that would make sense. But he turns up in everything. He's, he's in, I think he's in Commando. And he looks exactly the same. He does not change. He's well, brilliant. He's introduced by Joshua as a man who's forgotten more about dispensing pain than even Joshua will ever know. Joshua promises to kill Riggs quickly if he comes clean. They're going to do electroshock treatment. Meanwhile, Murtaugh is also being tortured, but his is more just we're going to punch in the face. Yeah, punch times. in the face, yeah. And then bring your daughter out. Oh, they do put literal salt in his wound, though. Yeah. That was gross. But that's not like pulling your fingernails out or anything. Like no, I don't know. Stop talking about there's it. a reason. There's a reason why they say salt in the wound. I'm sure it's it's because they say well, they're yeah, a handful and they well, pack yeah, it in. Oh, it's painful. It hurts like anything. But actually, it's quite yeah. good for the wound because it cleans it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there we go. They're 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 we're just trying to heal you, buddy. <laughs> not torture. We're just we're just we're just. And to be fair, you. if it is a wound that's deep enough that you can pack it in, then packing your they were packing it in. Is, <laughs> say packing it is actually Ugh. saving him because it's stopping him bleeding out. So. Uh, Hen- favor. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get told that Hendo uh, Hendo says nobody can take that much and not tell them. Mel, he looks at the camera. Mel Gibson is the greatest movie star who ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to know that. Uh, Rianne is brought out. She's not wearing much. 
She's not through the whole movie. And they embrace. And it's, again, this really, I know she's like, I'm scared, Dad, but it was, re- it's, it was just really weird. It was. It's a bit weird. It's yeah. a bit weird. Um, Joshua leaves, and I don't know why. No, I don't. And Riggs <laughs> frees himself against Hendo. And it's like, Joshua clearly had a personal vendetta. Why is he leaving he now? He even says that he's going to kill him. Yeah. He does that sort of leg choke on him, doesn't he? On Hendo. The general tells Murtog, spare me, son. There's no more heroes left in the world. And it's like Rig should have gone, did someone say no more heroes? Here I am. Because <laughs> he frees them. And, you know, Rianne's able to, like, I get why Riggs can get his, like, hands off the hook. I oh, don't she, get how Rianne's just, able to free herself so quickly. She's no. just stood on her feet with her hands in the air, like, not particularly, like, like raised very high. She like, just kind of goes on her tiptoes like, and like, takes a Like, I can't off. open one of those protective coverings over a Parmesan cheese. It's supposed to be resealable and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Like, I don't know how she's able to do this. This is insane. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> she just reached up. <laughs> and he goes, what did one shepherd say to the other shepherd? Let's get the flock out of here. Flock. Which way you laugh? I love I this laugh. joke. Yeah. I use this joke. I had not uh, heard that joke before. Um, the escape, and we chase down Joshua. There's a gunfight in the middle of the club, which then spills into the street. Gibson runs down after Joshua, who's driving away in a car, shoots the back window out. And this is where we clearly have our pair ups now. Riggs is going to face off with Joshua, and Roger's going to face off with the general mm. to different degrees of how invested they're going to get. Uh, Riggs manages to. Uh, shoot out Joshua's car from an overpass. It just so happens he's got this, he's going to go to the, the freeway, which somehow means he has to go right by where they already were. So that's helpful. Thing is, right, Riggs is running through the street with this big-ass gun. Yep. Right? No one around him has gone like, oh, my God, you know, get the coppers. This guy's a nutter. Yep. Because he doesn't look like a policeman. Right, but he's running around with his big ass shooting the people. Murtaugh has to prove he's a cop and yeah. say, "Here's my badge. Take care of the girl," and off he goes. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. You kind of just go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, Riggs then loses Joshua when a taxi hits him. Yeah. Oh, I love to write this card. Riggs is almost ready to kill Joshua when a taxi hits him from behind. <laughs> that is funny, right? And he leaves him. Uh, Murtaugh shoots out the general's driver, and the general's in the passenger seat trying to drive the car, and it doesn't work, and he eats it into a bus, and then it flips him over. And he's got all his heroin around him, and the bus catches fire, and the music tells you it's about to explode right before. It and then you go, the music, dun, 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 dun. and then we cut to the shot of the car, the wide shot, because we know it's something. Out. Go, yeah. Boom. And we go, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. They always tell you before it they happens. do. Uh, Murtaugh commandeers a car because Joshua knows. Oh, the, his, his sergeant's car. Because he's like, oh, that slippery sucker Joshua got away. He was going to my house. He's going to my house. At which point he's not wrong. Joshua goes up to Murtaugh's house, and there's two cops who are guarding it, and he shoots them dead. Yeah, point blank. Why didn't he do that with Riggs? Well, ready for the. Yeah, good point. You know? But then he goes inside the house. And he goes, dear bad guys, no one here but us cops, signed, the good guys. So these two cops who died were protecting a decoy house? Yeah. I guess so. That feels wrong. Stupid. Yeah. And how'd they get back and set, would they set this up before they left in the morning? How did they get back quick enough and to get the people out of the house? Because he he panics and realizes that they're going to his house. Why is Murtaugh panicking about them going to his house? Because obviously he knows no one's there. Hmm. All of a sudden, then a, a black and white cop car comes flying through the front window, which is great. It is great. Um, and he, Joshua looks, and of course, it's like a brick or something on the accelerator. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then a gun to his head. And oh, no. He it's a, has been caught. It's a stick, isn't it? It's a stick? Isn't it a nightstick? Okay. Yeah. Oh, a, nightstick, a, a truncheon, you might truncheon, say, over here. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I'm just looking for where I just kind of did that off of my memory. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a, at which point then Riggs goes, we have enough action scenes in the movie yet? And they went, well, let's have a good no. Time. And then all of a sudden Hendo goes, remember, you are the greatest action star in the world, Mel Gibson. He goes, I am. <laughs> and he says, what do you say, Jack? You want a shot at the title? Yeah. Let's and throw away the gun. And let's Joshua goes, don't mind if I do. At which point it's like Fight Club. You have cops around it. And and not only that, you've now got the water cascading. Oh, and this opened a conversation because I yeah. found, only found out today you don't have fire hydrants in England. We don't, no. no. We do. Do you? They're, they're underground. But they're underground, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? They're flat, so you can lift. The little yellow squares that you see on the pavement Oh, really? Is that it? That's yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we have the ones that stand up, and if you yeah. park in front of it, oh, my God, the you ticket can, you get. And they can stick the hose through your windows can they yeah they can, yeah. Yeah, yeah if you park in front of one because we yeah. you, they look well actually because the problem you would get here is the fact that they wouldn't be able to access it yeah because your car is gonna block it so it's a huge fine if you if you park in front of a hydrant yeah but you know the little yellow um like concrete signs h. that are about uh, yeah that say h on them oh really yeah that's the t- numbers above and below it are which way you like facing are how far away the next hydrant is oh remarkable yeah yeah okay um and so they begin the fight scene um everyone just accepts this and it's like murtog murtog's the one in charge and i'm like yo murtog's got a clear conflict of interest here so is he not a little bit this guy this this guy kidnapped his daughter you know what i mean like murtog should not be the one in charge it's like it's okay i take full responsibility he killed two of our men when you see him getting the better of uh riggs yep in that when you go, nah, enough's enough. Yeah, because he asked him. He said, "Do you want me to, to jump in?" And Josh was like trying to drown him, but Riggs was like, "No." <laughs> this um, is one of those like it wouldn't be yeah. any any officer just jump could in. get involved at yeah. this point. But eventually, I mean, this is where like like he's like Enter a Dragon, Bruce Lee, like he's yeah. cut. Like he looks amazing in this. He kind of does this stance where he looks like um, Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> and he gets him in this like triangle choke thing where he grabs his his arm and pulls it, and then his neck like it's uh, he uses his legs to twist the yeah, neck yeah, of he, Joshua. He, he does he does legs. His legs are strong, aren't they? Yeah, it's like that Black Widow. It's very Black Widow. Yeah, mm. it's how she kills people. She like wraps her legs around. And, like, yeah, let's remember that this predates Black Widow by about fifteen years. Well, yeah, no, just, it's just an identifier. Twenty twenty something years, jeez. So, um. I would argue it's not because she just kind of uses a head scissors and that's it. Like he's legitimately like using proper like fighting technique here. And he's using. It reminded me of Black Widow. Okay. So um, he goes, but he's going to kill him and then goes, you're not where you lose. And that's it. Joshua gets up. He's beat. Like how bad are the LAPD at their job? There's two <laughs> guys with a guy who's almost dead. They get him to their feet. and Oh, Timmy, did someone steal? Yeah, someone got my gun again. <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's every time. God damn it. Oh. They make it look like it's in slow motion, but no, that's just how slow they were moving. It was like eight <laughs> frames a second or something. It was really choppy, but both cops managed to kill Joshua in a cool hero moment. So cool. With and they kind of collapse. Weapons. And he goes, I got you, partner. I got you. 
So from the early pre-production stages, Richard Donner wanted the final fight sequence to be unique, yet also to make a strong statement about the characters. Coincidentally, assistant director Willie Simmons had an avid interest in unusual forms of martial arts, and he hired several, so he invited several practitioners to the set to demonstrate for Donner. The result was the hiring of three technical advisors, each a master of a particular martial arts style. Cedric Adams was the first expert brought in. Adams thought the best possible way is to show just how lethal Riggs is to show his mastery of a form of martial arts never before seen on screen. He taught the actors the movement of capoeira. Capoeira, yeah. That's a Brazilian martial art. Yep. A second technical advisor, Dennis Newsom, brought Jailhouse Rock to the final fight sequence. I have no idea what Jailhouse Rock means. Me either. I know it was an Elvis song. Yeah, same. Uh, I, meanwhile, a third technical advisor was R- Rory and Gracie. You might recognize the name Gracie. Hoist Gracie. Royce Gracie? Hoist Gracie? Yeah. Uh, who specialized in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, okay. If you're in the UFC, like, Gracie's a huge name. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The filming was spread over four complete nights from dusk until dawn, resulting in an edited sequence that would last several minutes on screen. It was originally four minutes longer, but was cut down for pacing. This I ex- could not do another four minutes of that. This explains some continuity mistakes in the final version of the scene. I love a fight scene, because I yeah. just type out things like, Riggs wins. <laughs> they are they fighting. Fight. They are there fighting. There is water in mud. Uh, the coda. Riggs goes to his wife's grave and says, see you later. So suggesting maybe he's moving on to doesn't a degree leave the bullet. He doesn't leave the bullet. No. Riggs then goes to Murtaugh's house and Rianne's clearly over uh, her boyfriend's death. Yes. He <laughs> gives the bullet and says, give this to your dad. I That's won't right. need it anymore. She goes, it's a right. bullet. He goes, he'll get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at which point, like, he's barely, at, like, they've barely closed the door and it's Riggs, Riggs. He says, man. if you think I'm going to eat the world's lousiest Christmas turkey by myself, you're crazy. He goes, well, I'm not crazy. And they invite, uh, he gets invited in for Christmas dinner. He comes on in, says, I think your daughter's kind of into me. A bit weird. Yeah. Uh, and they invite the dog in. And I thought, okay, cats and dogs, it kind of represents the two of them and their yeah, fighting yeah. ways, I guess. And that's how the movie ends. And a nice way to yeah, end it. It is a nice way to end it. Uh, the alternate ending was that Riggs and Murtaugh would say goodbye to each other. Murtaugh would tell Riggs he's thinking of retiring, but Riggs says not to. Which basically is the plot of number two. So I'm glad it didn't go there. Yeah. Other highlights from the first original draft, if I may oh, no. be so bold. Riggs was a lot different, a lot more mentally unstable. Uh, he kills a sniper who was shooting at kids, but instead of using his gun, Riggs uses a rocket launcher to blow up the sniper. <laughs> Another part, he uses throwing ninja stars to wound one of the villains and then tortures him for information. He remembers how he accidentally killed a young soldier of his bare hands during military training before he went to war. Um, he was even considered using, uh, being used as an assassin by the CIA, which is why everybody considers him a legend. Uh, Joshua would also be a CIA assassin in Vietnam. Um, there was something about, I'm just going to cut that. Is there any last thing I want to see? There is one bit where it's supposed to be Riggs basically does the Game of Thrones thing where he pushes the guy's eyes into his skull. Yeah. No. And that was supposed to be like one of the deaths. Uh, Shane Black thought that thing had been disappeared forever, um, but it was sold at an auction and then eventually found by fans. Oh. What, so what had, sorry? The, the, original, the original first draft. That's yeah. how we know about it. Uh, on January 19th, 2011, Warner Brothers announced plans to reboot the franchise without Gibson and Glover. Use the same characters, but a brand new cast. So basically what would happen eventually on TV, but do it earlier. Mm. Uh, a television premiere instead, uh, version premiered in 2016, starring uh, Damon Wayans as Roger Murtaugh. So yeah, which Damon is a Wayans. weird, yeah, weird yeah. concept, but it's actually really good. 
And just a dedication, uh, a legendary stuntman, Dar Robinson, was killed in a motorcycle accident shortly after principal photography. Director Richard Donner dedicated the film to him. I think you've accidentally moved the buttons around. I haven't moved them. And we are on the end game now. I'm getting my buttons all mixed up. <laughs> you are, you are, yeah. Liam, we need a random word, buddy. Random word. Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Yeah. Should be lots Ooh. of good options available there. There we yeah. go. Yeah, definitely. So if you want to get involved in our GIF of the Week contest, go ahead and tweet them out at Best Film Ever Pod. Can I, I take part thought, in the GIF of the Week? I actually thought this one up just before yeah, it went on. Did you? Yeah. Okay. What? Oh, you got it written down. There we are. Yeah, see? So is this a Christmas movie? Yes. No, it's just set at Christmas. Oh, come on. There's so many Christmas, oh. Christmas trees everywhere. Yeah, there's, there's it no, opens like, up with a Christmas song. Yeah, that's, that's, it's set at Christmas. It finishes, come on in, eat my wife's... Yeah, Christmas dinner. If Love Actually is a Christmas movie, there's a Christmas movie. Yeah, I don't think Christmas Love Actually movie. is a Christmas movie. Oh, it totally is a Christmas movie. It is. It's not, if it's, it's a, a shame black movie, movie it's a Christmas movie. There is a difference between a Christmas movie and a movie set at Christmas. Okay, Home Alone's not a Christmas I, movie. I agree. It's just set at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to get really prescriptive. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a Christmas movie. I think it's more of a Christmas do movie you know, than Die do Hard. You know, do you know another link, right? I found this out the other day. I watch these random things on YouTube, right, about movies. And did you know the house, Murtar's house, right next door is the Griswold's house? Yeah, because it's all on the same set. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, crazy is that? It's like, a, it's like a really whatever lot on the back another of the Paramount Christmas lot. Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, the money, 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 uh, 15, one, five, 15 million dollar budget. What does it take home? Let's start with Ethan. Ooh. Uh, I'm thinking 80. Georgia. 250. And Liam. 160. Uh, closest would be, actually, I got to split the difference between you and Ethan. You're both exactly the same amount. It's 120. Oh, okay. There so we go. So eight times the budget. So that's yep. pretty, pretty good return on investment, really. Very good. Yeah. 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 Uh, the awards, it was nominated for best sound. Mm. That's really it. So you know, uh, even even despite the careless whispered soundtrack throughout, <laughs> that wouldn't be score score wouldn't be, wouldn't be part of it. Uh, okay, no. That's when you right, that's is right, sound then. is in sound editing, or? just sound. Those are different. Yeah. So I was going to say sound. No, well, didn't get nominated for best sound editing. Got no, that's <laughs> why. That's why. That's why I made the face at first because I thought you meant sound editing. No. If anyone wants a good giggle, just YouTube uh, sexy saxophone guy careless whisper because it's hilarious. Excellent. Uh, who would you cast as who? What now? Yeah, that's the game Ethan. we play, Ethan. We've been doing this for about four weeks now, buddy. I know. Out of, out of us, who would you cast okay. as who? That's n- You're Mr. Joshua. Oh, really? I think you are Mr. Joshua. Oh, I saw myself more than Riggs. Oh, did you? Yeah. Riggs. Riggs. As much as I don't want to be, I imagine I'm going to be Murtaugh. You are, yeah. I am. I don't really want to be, but all right. I'm just the daughter. I'm just the Kermit. I don't want to be her. She's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of great female characters. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah. You it's can limiting. Be, you can be um, what's the the tashioed guy who does the the, the torture guy. Yeah, you're him. <laughs> <laughs> Hendo. 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 I don't want to be the torture guy. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not in this film. Ethan's the boyfriend who dies off screen. <laughs> right. I know. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew yeah. you were going to say you're that. Me with my blonde <laughs> hair and You tell you who you are. You're like. <laughs> don't tell me name Alfred <laughs> <laughs> I'll be those kids That's, I'm, I'm the collective group of those children yep. anyway, uh, um, what have we got next uh, whose story is it 
it's Riggs' Riggs. story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Story, yeah. As yeah. much as there's a story for... There is. But it's just a reawake. Like the, but it's about introducing Riggs to that family. It's not about... He's the new factor. Everything yeah. else is going along. He's the part that's added into the mix. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. Riggs. I say other people's lives change because of meeting him, but yeah. it's not, yeah. Um, what is the story here? I mean, before we get too deep, it's an action movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's about letting go and finding forgiveness in your. It's about shooting the. I mean, let's not forget, two minutes and five seconds in, boobs and cocaine. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so. <laughs> I'm, it, I'm and hooked, it was only, I mean, only took that long because the credits were on the beginning. Yeah, the credits. It wasn't for, <laughs> let's get lots of Christmas cheer to start off. Okay, we good? All right. I knew Here I'd comes like, the seedy stuff. I knew I'd like this movie. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's all. I mean, it's just it's 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 a. It, you know what this is? This is the original buddy cop movie. It yeah. is, and it it's is. so good for it, and they're good for each other. You know what I like? Didn't get brought up. Say what you will, because they said they didn't imagine ethnicity. So as a result, no part of their friendship is based around ethnicity. No, that's great. There's yeah. no part where it's like I'm going to a black family's house no, for dinner. No. It's I'm going to my married partner's house, and he's yep. got kids, and there's generational stuff, yep. and there's family versus single guy stuff. Yep. But it's never about that. Nope. Yet they're not independently. We we, we see we see the set design, right? Yep. No, I, I just really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never a thing. It was never a thing. Uh, Georgia, should we talk about the role of the woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, who do we have who are noticeable women? We've got Darlene Love, who for, I mean, she doesn't do much. No. She just has stereotype of housewife who can't cook good. Yeah, you know, it's it's about like, two cops, and I'm okay. I'm okay with that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But outside of that, what do we have? We've got Dance the girl. We got the girl who jumps off the the building at the start. Yeah, we've got Exceeded the, the daughter who's clearly just we will violate your daughter. That's yeah. kind of what she's there for. Yeah, Dixie the prostitute. Dixie the prostitute. And then we've got the world's worst therapist or psycho, yeah. whatever. You yeah. know, I'll tell yeah. everybody about your problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even though I have to fall into a men's room to do it. <laughs> and it said men, and it has like the old like sign it's for men. Funny. Oh, that's brutal. It's funny. Yep. Um, what about okay? Favorite character? Can I have an honorable mention? Yeah, you ahead. ask us every week. Okay, Sam the dog. <laughs> Oh, All right, fair enough. That's going to be my favorite character. I love Sam. The you know, dog. it still can be, right? Yeah, but I want it to be funny with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> my memorable. All right, one. and who's your actual my favorite? Is Riggs. 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 Uh, because Riggs is someone that. Okay, that's the extreme of me. I'm not that bad, but you know how you sort of latch on to certain little bits of people. Yep. There's elements of Riggs in in me okay. that, you, that I that I associate with. So Riggs. Georgia. Sam the dog. <laughs> ah, Sam the dog. Jeez. Thanks. I never thought that. That's, Thanks, so, that's, so, that's, so, that's so funny. That's so funny and unique and out there. Oh, well done. <laughs> I don't hear you sarcastic oh. often. Really Did I make a dog's dinner of that? No, uh, I, like, I like the kids. I think they're funny. Kids are brilliant. Uh, Ethan. I like Murta. I, I like his his relationship and like his stubbornness to sort of go with everything. So by the end of it, I there is some sort of growth. Even though we said it wasn't really his story, there's there's a little bit of an arc there, and I just I like his interactions he has throughout the film. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to go with um. I do want to give an honorable mention to Sam the dog. <laughs> That's no, original. I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Mr. Joshua, who he's good. even uses the word yeah. Mister. Like he kind of becomes like this, like almost 
supernatural kind of like presence like he's more than just a regular man yeah and so i really yeah. liked him as as a villain i liked him as a villain. uh riggs riggs he's so endearing like how can he you is. not how can you not care about this guy exactly um you see him broken you see him happy yeah. you see him because you know murtaugh's a bit of a stick in the mud now he has he, he changes yeah. but that's really it whereas like you know you know, you got you got crazy. Mel Gibson. The first few minutes tries to buy you know so much heroin for like a hundred bucks. I'm like, how can you not like that? <laughs> what made me laugh and made me think? I was going. He's counting up them one dollar bills. Yeah, right. Not one point does he ever try and pick him up. No. Yeah, he's like he's almost destitute. He's living in a caravan on a beach. Yeah. You know, he's not really getting much, but he's throwing money away like that's nothing. But also, I like, think he's probably doing okay as a car. I don't know. Yeah. When the bad when the bad guys see him just bring out his wallet for a hundred thousand, they should probably <laughs> probably should have joked then that he didn't have the money. Yeah, yeah. You mean you got all that in your wallet? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. All right. And then we got uh best I got best song. That's obviously from a previous one. Best <laughs> moment or element. Uh, let's start with Georgia. Um I just like them when them when they're chatting. You know, like the bits where they're just being each other with each other. Buddy, buddy. Yeah, I like the buddy, buddy bit of the buddy cop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ethan? Um, it's Riggs' first sort of suicide attempt. I I really like how true that is. It hit a chord with me personally because that is the emotions that uh, I went through when I had those same intentions. And it's that thing of, I don't want to, but I have this feeling. And with no dialogue at all just the ambience of the 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 tv playing christmas cartoons because it's that sudden spurt really and mel gibson's act it is it's phenomenally real for a what is a buddy cop movie liam uh yeah ethan said it uh that's my favorite scene um only because you see that's the only time you see Riggs fall apart by himself he don't fall apart in front of anybody else he fall apart by himself Mm -hmm. and he picks himself up and that is the job that keeps him going and by going to the job he meets Murtar which then invites him into a family which he then becomes part of that family so by the job that saved his life got him into the family so I think a lot of credit to him as a person in the film um, to really sort of pick himself up and realise, because he says it in that scene, I'll see you later. I'll see you much later. He's made that decision. I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this. And the whole thing with the, the Christmas um, Bugs Bunny, Merry Christmas, and all this, mm. all this happiness that's going on under all that undertone of it. Brilliant. Brilliantly shot. Brilliantly done with um, Mel Gibson. But my fun moment is the jump off the building. Well, yeah, you just, you see, you, this is what you do. You steal people's stuff with your honorable mentions. <laughs> because, yeah, I knew you say, because my favorite's the jump off the building. <laughs> so you were mocking me a minute ago. It's annoying, isn't it? He's got to have all the answers, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see it. You can write it down all you want. <laughs> but no, it's that. And it's the idea that um, he goes up to them. We get this great moment. And, you know, he does the one thing that no one's ever considering you're going to do when you yeah. get 
go yeah, up there. Exactly. Fine, let's jump. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and he talks the jumper in the jump. Well, he talks him. He forces him. He can't stay. Once he starts to jump, he can't do anything but jump with him. And then once he jumps with him, he don't want to do it. He don't want to do it. I'm coffee. He's crazy. He's crazy. To be fair, there is a scientific studies. Most people who have survived a suicide attempt, about 70% of the way through, have decided that they shouldn't have done it. So there's always that to remember. All right, man, it's a really cool, serious heavy. episode here yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's do a grumble, shall we? A grumble. Uh, let's start with Georgia. That bleeming saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've just got a careless whisper stuck in my head. Like it's just, it's just not appropriate at any point in the in the track. I understand that it is like a trope of the of the era, but watching it today, it's just like I think I must have said five or six times, "What is this saxophone doing?" While we were watching it, uh, Ethan. Uh, about halfway through, I would have said the audio editing because this is absolutely awful. There's some terrible. Hang on, I gotta stop. Ethan, Liam's headphones literally just <laughs> fell off his head and hit the microphone. <laughs> I'm like, you're editing. literally just you're literally just sitting there. How does that happen? I summoned the audio. That scared editing. the shit out of me. <laughs> I want to thank you for giving me yet another moment I can put in the end of your montage. <laughs> Ethan, this is a surprise look on my face. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Liam looked around like, did anybody notice that? It's like, I'm, like, I'm like four feet from you. Of course I saw <laughs> it. I'm closer to him and it I hit the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I need to state how terrible the audio editing is. There's some terrible ADR where the, the sound quality is so different. It's jarring for me. And I'm a real stickler for that in films. But um, the third act is absolutely awful. Uh, for me because it just goes on way too long and I don't think they want, knew how they wanted to end this. You've got this like four unnecessary action pieces, that fight scene in the rain I hate. I like that uh, fight scene. I would have liked your it, grumble. But, yeah, but the cross-cutting between <laughs> it is so quick and fast it's, it's so distracting and jarring and I don't like it and for what is essentially the final 35 minutes I lose my interest in this film completely because of how drawn out it is. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Well, just to elaborate on that, Ethan, we need that fight scene because we're set up to say Mr. Joshua is this all-encompassing guy who cannot be beat, and we need that standoff with Riggs and him to to know who triumphs. What a bit nice to have a more organic that. way to come about yeah, it than you yeah, want to fight? Yeah, I want to fight. Yeah, yeah I'm fine with the fight scene, but you, but need, just, you need to see that, don't you? You, you need, need to see that. It was like, it. what do they we just, need? They're like, how do we get there? We'll figure it out on the way. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, again, that's my grumble. Yeah, fair enough. My, my grumble oh. is the script. Okay, go ahead. Um, there's certain parts of the script that doesn't make sense. They kind of just fumble through and go, like the whole thing with Riggs wearing a vest. He wouldn't have worn a vest. And we need we need Glover to explain it to us. Yeah, you wore a vest, and then the right. fact As if that the shots in his they chest all think enough. he's dead. Yeah, and yet the other guys still go and find him out in the in the desert. Yeah, you know, so it's little bits of the script. And now your grumble's planning the my grumble, <laughs> there we which are. is uh, the general. He sh- he was supposed to feel like a big bad, and he yeah. never was. No, because you made Mr. Bad. Joshua. And, well, I think they wanted to try and create these two, and they're nowhere near equal. No, like if anything, I kind of like the general. 
He's calling people son and he tried hard. And I'm like, there was more character development that really could have happened with him. And for some reason, we don't go there because we just want Joshua to be a horror villain, which is fine. But yeah. then make him the, the horror villain muscle, but make him like the mastermind. And they yeah. and that, explain why he was able to find him. There's things you could have done. And either it was cut or they just didn't bother. It feels like they went, the stuff with Murtaugh and the general is not as interesting. No. So cut that in favor of the Joshua stuff. And let's, because let's go ahead and let's hit that and i just at some point it should have felt like when the, when he dies it should be a moment but it really wasn't no it just felt like, sudden. i would have liked um maybe joshua to had a a thing with um riggs back in nam or something there was something there was bad blood and something has come back and that's why they realize who each other are and that's why they yeah. need to sort things out maybe but I, I just know. But, but but I want more time for the general. We didn't we we didn't get it. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and anybody's best role ever. Who? Danny Glover. What else has he been in? Because I'm sure I've seen him in other stuff. Witness the color purple. the color purple. Yeah. Uh, That's the big stuff. Yeah. I don't remember the color he's purple. He's most memorable in this. Well in Lethal Weapon. I think that's the one he's known for. Yeah. When Danny Glover eventually, whenever it is that he passes, like this is what will, it'll be Danny Glover, actor of Lethal Weapon or star of Lethal Weapon series. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, he's definitely too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, uh, I think for him, it's me. That, that's it. It's not Mel Gibson. I'm seeing Mel Gibson in better stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is Mel Gibson's launching point. But yeah. This is Mel Gibson. For me, this is Mel Gibson's fun movie. Yeah, fair enough. You know, yeah. the, the all action out, you know, root for him, root for the hero. What about Busey? Uh, See, I think he's too I think he's too horror villain, which means he's one dimensional, which means he doesn't act. Well, didn't you, I've never seen the Buddy Holly story, but didn't you say he's Academy Award nominated, yeah, Academy but I, I just can't talk. So I I'm not left with a whole lot to go off of, but I will say that I prefer him. I like him in point break. I prefer him in point break. Yeah. Because he's got he's got sides to him. And I never want him to die in point break. I think about Point Break, actually, the start of it's very, it's actually really very lethal weapon. The yeah, whole buddy yeah. cop, but he's on, the, yeah. he's on the, the good side of it, but he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, I don't want this punk kid as my partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, take it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anybody else to really talk about. No. So mm. uh, that would mean, at least I know which button this is. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? And as always, thank you to Moonlight Social for our yeah. age game diddy. Uh, Ethan, what do we got? I'll have to excuse myself from a few of these. Yeah, so we've got Mel Gibson. I'm going to pause on this one because I know the answer for this one, I think. so. Okay, I'm going to say 32. 43. Liam is the closest, 31. Woo! He looks old in this. I know he's supposed yeah. to look raggedy, but he looks, mm. okay. he looks older than 31. And then we go to Danny Glover. See, I know this one. Uh, Is that Yeah. I reckon he's close to our age, you know. 43. 45. If I may. Yeah. I believe he's, when they were filming it, he's 40. He might say 41, but he's 40. Yeah, it says 41 on mine. I think the shooting schedule was a bit... Wow! Yeah, that was the thing. I saw it when I was advance, doing yeah. it. I saw it, and I'm like, "He's supposed to be 50 Yeah. yeah at no point I go like, "This guy's like he looks older than he looks older than forty. Yeah. I don't think he looks fifty. No, no. I don't watch many movies Jeez. where you've got a younger person trying to play an older person. It's usually the roles reversed. It was very strange to see. Uh, then we got Gary Busey, Mister Joshua. Don't know this one. Ooh. 
37? 42. Uh, I still think he's in the 30s. 35. Ian's the closest, 43. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Darlene Love, uh, Murtaugh's wife. Oh. Ooh. 37 again. I'm going with it. 43. I've got 42. Uh, I included this because of the line that he references that she's much older. She's 46. Yeah. Uh, okay. I should, have, cause I should have remember she did something mm. in the 60s. I probably I, should have thought of that more. I got that. And one. then finally we have uh, Murtaugh's daughter, um, the one who gets kidnapped, played I, by Tracy Wolf. I do know this one. 17. 20. I think she's like 26. She's 27. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, 14, this there's only 14 years between yeah. her and, and, and Glover. Yeah, I knew this at first because I was like, how? Because obviously I was like, there's some something between her. She's and only four Gibson. years between her and Mal. Yeah. And I was That's like, oh, this is going to be really reason. weird. How old? How much older is he? And it was like, oh, the only reason I went okay. younger and older is because A, when they try and cast someone who's like, because I think she's portraying like, what? 15, 16? I think she was supposed to be 16 was my thought yeah, process. And, and, and there's, there's that ambiguous age, isn't it? So yeah, they always make yeah. that little bit, they always cast someone that little bit older, yeah. don't they? So I didn't expect older, older. Jesus. Yeah, no, 26, yeah. Wow. So there we go. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the critics. The critics. I didn't take a look at the Rotten Tomato score, but as George is uh, reading off the critics, I will do so. Go ahead. So we've got Bob Thomas from Associated Press who says, A Richard Donner directed with an expert eye for action but impaired vision for logic. Which okay. Mm. Uh, then we get Gene Siskel from the uh, Chicago Tribune. Ah, Mrs. Ebert's like, like yeah, television yeah, yeah. partner. Very cool. Yeah. It says, uh, Gibson and Glover make a great team and some of their early adventures are exciting, but the film runs out of gas as it turns into an extended chase sequence. He gave it three out of four. He's not wrong on that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Then we get a uh, partner of Gene Siskel, uh, our good old friend Roger Ebert, uh, who says, I'm a guy who was bored by shootouts and chase scenes. I've seen it all, but this movie thrilled me from beginning to end and gives it four yeah. out of four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, let me take a look. I put the, uh, by the way, it was uh, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. actually. So wow. it's, a fun little movie. it's a fun little movie, especially if you consider like for the time, like this was everything hadn't been done to death because this was the first of these sorts of movies so absolutely uh fantastic as far as its uh sort of originality goes i put out the fleece is it a great film a good film an okay film or a poor film first off i should have mentioned last week when 60 something percent of you guys said batman was a great film nostalgia is what that was that's (laughs) nostalgia on that note 59.3 percent say it's a great film Ooh. nostalgia i'm pointing my finger at you guys nah, it's a fun movie it's <laughs> it's, movie. it's the nostalgia it's, it's a great movie are we gonna say great i i, I like it's a right. fun fun you movie know is the best way i do to know actually this. for what you watch this is like this is like the oscar goes to compared to what you watch Jeez. Uh, so yeah 59 percent uh let's start off with our friends of the podcast the ones who keep us on the air our patrons what did they have to say georgia you surprised me with that because usually we do it the way around. Perfect. I'm here. Right. No, no, I usually give this and then I give the, they get their reviews and then we get these reviews here. No, it's usually the way around. Listen to last week's. I promise you you're wrong. Uh, no, I think I'm right on this one. Yep. Uh, Hermes says, uh, this is another one of those films I appreciate for existing, but overall just not my cup of tea. Biggest strike against it for me, frankly, is Shane Black, just not a fan of his work. Otherwise, this might have worked for me in a lot of other ways, like actor genre themes, etc. And then he's just put a little shrug. If I may. If I may. Do you remember last week when I went, it's a tweet from the yeet? And you went, actually, it's a Google form. And I went, it's a Google form from the yeet. And then later I had the tweet from the yeet. 
Yep. That would suggest we do Georgia's before we do mine. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, not uh, what you have to do is acknowledge me. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so uh, Ian Davies says this is such a good film. I watched it so many times growing up. The action is great, but this is so much more focused on the characters and the better for it. I never noticed until it was pointed out to me how much Christmas is in this film. There are trees and lights everywhere, and you've got to love Mel's hair in this, even if it does date the film. Oh, okay. Uh, then we get Reverend Bruce. Who says, I had ever seen, I guess it means I've never seen Lethal Weapon until now. Now, no. Katie and I were fairly recently married, so I'm sure we were very preoccupied when it came out. But nothing has changed in that regard, so that is no excuse. 1980s action adventure and Mel Gibson have never been my cup of tea. Bottom line, they still aren't, but this was fun to see. In the first half, the story was compelling. The second half seemed to lose its way and the story was dwarfed by the explosions and chase scenes. But I'm glad I saw it. Katie took a pass this time, but next time we will both return in force to disrupt the space-time and continue yeah, to review part three of our entire family's absolute and all-time favourite movie, Back to the Future. Hallelujah. Yeah, you may have to do some stuff for the space-time continuum uh, next week. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And then we get Chris Chris Peterson, who says, another childhood classic that I'm surprised to find still holds up. Uh, as far as Christmas themed action movies go in the same vein as Die Hard which I prefer Lethal Weapon is great in its own right it's full to the brim of cheesy, a cheesy 80s action and one liners Lethal Weapon wasn't the first for a buddy cop movie but it perfected the formula the two leads have got great chemistry together and very good pre-insane performance from Gary Busey as Mr. Joshua it's a really fun film and definitely up there for me as one of the best films from the 80s I will never get too old for this shit <laughs> yeah, well said absolutely. Uh, let me get one from uh, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Thanks, Liam. Wow. Um, <laughs> he says, I've not seen this uh, in probably 25 years. Jeez, I'm old. I can't remember enough about to say anything too much in depth. I remember Riggs was a bit crazy and all the other stuff with his shoulder, which still makes me shudder. Uh, I also remember the do you really want to jump scene vividly. I can relate to Murtaugh much more than I did back then. I frequently feel too old for this shit. It's a great buddy cop film. The dynamic between really works well. This is definitely one for the first films I remember seeing with a shouty captain, which has now become a trope. It's funny and a great action flick. He's giving it a pause there. Find out. Uh, then we get Juline. Who- Juline. 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 Goodness sake. <laughs> Juline says, love this classic odd couple dynamic. I think Glover and Gibson have a chemistry that makes for a super funny movie. Some things did not age well, but there's way more enjoyable things about this movie. Yeah, I think I, it's, it's a couple of those references we made reference to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's everyone. All right. So thank you to our friends of the podcast for giving us your thoughts over on the Patreon. Thank you. Patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and look at the fledgling fandom. Let's start with Pete at Middle Class Film Class. Says, I'm 35 now. Lucky. And don't remember yeah. much of my childhood viewings. Watched it last year and fell in love. I don't remember how completely... I did. I don't remember how completely unhinged Riggs was. You genuinely feel for him and truly feel are worried he's going to kill himself. Also, the end fight scene is ridiculous and awesome. Uh, friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Him for a second helping says, I can't work out if this is a Christmas film, but I'm veering towards not. I am veering towards so. Oh, I'm veering towards yeah. so. Yeah, I would. And then we've got. Hey, it's your sister. 
who says another watch along with Kara. Hello, Kara. We both forgot how dark this movie was and the weird sexual tension between Riggs and Rianne. You're not wrong there. As mm. fans of the pod, we played our own age game and how many times I'm too old for this shit was said and had a blast. Neither of us had seen it in years and now look forward to continue the rewatch of the remainder of the franchise. Sadly, Kara noticed that Mitchell Ryan, the general, had just passed away on Friday. Crazy, somber coincidence. Looking forward to Back to the Future 3. Oliver will definitely join that watch party. I might say, don't put him on next week. That's all I'm going to say. It's a clue for people <laughs> around the table. This one might oh. not be Oliver appropriate. Is this Uncle Ian's podcast? Not for you next week, buddy. No way. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the podcast that wouldn't die. Love Kev from the podcast that wouldn't die. Says Mel is inappropriate as always, but this movie is a damn classic. Hilarious and exciting. Uh, Carlo says it's a good fun film one of those staples from when i was a kid slash teen i think mel that is mel it's gibson yeah and glover yeah have a great rapport and gibson has some genuinely good moments also action is great yeah I think the amount of time we've been recording tonight is really gotten to well end. done. I do think so. Uh, yeah, so in case you missed that, it's a good fun film. One of those staples from when I was a kid slash teen. I think Gibson and Glover have a great rapport, and Gibson has some genuinely good moments. Also, the action is great. He does, yeah. The recasted podcast said, my favorite was always Lethal Weapon 4, but the original is a classic. I've only seen number one all the way through. Ed from oh, the really? Film Effect Pod says, I've always found Lethal Weapon series to be just good. There's something about those films that I can never consider to be great, but for just good, even after rewatching the films when the pandemic started for good measure. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a musical pod. Danny says, I've never seen it. I feel it'll be considered good or greater release, but may not age well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly know of it because it's always sunny and how much your mother. So it'll be interesting to yeah. hear if it deserves its pop culture status or if it's now too old for this shit. I was going to uh, mention the always sunny thing later. At which point I've gotten back to him and said, you know, I love you, brother, but <laughs> you haven't seen it. So uh, he's right. Some parts haven't aged well. But that's like most things in the 80s, I would imagine. Yep. So that is the sounds from our uh, fledgling fandom. So thank you very much. Oh, now it's time for our ratings, our ratings. So Liam, what are you giving Lethal Weapon? I love this movie. Um, it's a go-to movie I've watched many, 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 many times. And I will watch many, 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 many times in years to come. Um, I like Mel Gibson in this role. I think he's he shows a very big range for an action movie, which you don't normally get. Um, it tackles certain issues, um, certain issues that you think they're going to address, they don't, which is great. Um, so I'm going to give this a strong eight and a half. I'm getting too old for this shit. It's moments. Okay. <laughs> Eight and a half realizations that you are, in fact, too old for this shit. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Eight and a half. Nice. Uh, my computer just said, no, I'm not going to type that in for you. So there we are. So there we are. Hey, uh, Georgia, what do you got? Um, I think it's a good buddy cop film. I think there are some nice moments to it that make it slightly more than that. But because it is it is still from the 80s and it has got some bits and the writing's a bit shit at points. Um, and they obviously didn't know how they wanted to get out, I don't think. Um, everyone seems to be right. Yeah, the pacing slows in the second half and actually gets a little bit boring in places. Um, so with that in mind, I do like it. I, I'd watch it again. I mean, we only watched it at Christmas and I quite happily watched it again now. Um, but I am going to give it 
seven small children watching a house explode out of ten. All right. Uh, Ethan? I'm really struggling here because I like a lot of this film and I, I sung the praise of this pretty heavily with how it does theme. But a film that I'm enjoying that much that then sticks the landing for me so poorly that it takes me out of it, it really, really frustrates me because there is a plan up until that third act for me and they don't know where to go. And I, I can forgive the ADR because that's like that's just that's just how films sometimes were like in the 80s and before because audio technology has changed. But from a writing point of view, with your third act being that weird... I guess is the best way to put it. It just doesn't feel like it matches for me. It took me out and disappointed me. So I'm going, I'm sorry, Liam, five and a half wow. shirtless Mel Gibsons. When your third act dis- like disassociates me that much, That's it harsh. really bothers me. That's harsh. I know. We have to have talk. <laughs> and I sung the praise of this film for so long so until you, that I, until that. Now part. I do this with Liam, so I'm going to do it with you. Okay, so yeah. you are saying this is I'm by your ratings. This is yeah. worse than Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express's third act doesn't go so off the wall for me. Shut up! No, genuinely, no, no, I'm no, saying no, no. that. Shut, shut up! <laughs> do you ever? Are you one of the ones who didn't see any of the earlier versions? Is that why? Had you no, seen? No, I did. I did. You, you've seen you've seen other versions of or- Orient Express. Yeah. Oh come on. You, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, where else I don't know. I know it, that is just how so, negatively but, that third act was for me. So it's worse than Beetlejuice. It's worse than Howl's Moving Castle. I did like Howl's Moving Castle. My issue with that was a completely different thing. Beetlejuice, I think, is fine. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. Listen, wow. and again. I, I, this is a fun film. Just it's well. just your that third act just destroys All it. Right, for moving me. on. <laughs> oh, like I like to use the word the voice of the name the voice of reason from time to time here, <laughs> and usually that's me correcting people who have gone too high. I'm going to use this now to correct Ethan, who went way too low. Yeah, way too low. This movie. What is the purpose of this movie? This movie is designed to be a fun time. Yeah, it's designed to show conflict between two central characters who then find resolution and a better understanding of themselves. Does the script get a little bit silly as we went along? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. I had a number I thought I was going to give it when I first before I started watching it. We only saw it at Christmas, but I want to think I know where I'm going to go with this. I've actually raised that based on really? where we're going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't give a crap about audio editing as much as you do. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest, <laughs> although we know that story is a big thing for me, but I think the story doesn't necessarily have to be plot beats because no. that's plot. Story is the emotional journey the characters take you on, and I felt it ends with these two finding something they were missing in each other, and yeah. that duality and the magic that that Richard Donner's as he found in the room. I think we see on the screen, we which do. is why it is such an influential film. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't tend to give bonus points for influence, and I don't think I'm giving him bonus points for influence here. But bonus the points. but but the, the thing is, I think it is done. The formula, if you want to call it that, was crafted to perfection in this one i don't think they intended it just sort of stumbled upon it mm. and when you get the casting right i was once told by by an amateur director if you get the casting right half your job's already done and i think they get a lot of mileage out of that and it's a coming out party for mel gibson he's a lot of fun and then i walked away saying i had a lot of fun now i said it's not a great film i'm not going that high but cisco out of cisco and ebert gave it three out of four stars and if you work that out mathematically it's the same score i'm giving it seven and a half jumps 
<laughs> of willing participants off a roof. Off a roof, yeah. <laughs> Out of 10. The house, the guy who's coming along for the ride. I, I do. I think it's a fun movie. And I think... Um, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. It's a fun movie, but that third act was just too oh, much we have we have had far worse that you have given far better to, my friend. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm, I can't remember all my ratings. I'll go, you know, six, six, no, no, six no, no, and no, a half. No, no, no. <laughs> Stand by your rating. Stand by your rating. Just, okay. just, just sort of take the heat. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm willingly knowing that I'm going to get flamed. Maybe I just don't go on Twitter this Five, week. Five. Everybody, you heard that. So, yeah. Ethan. Ethan, who a couple of people came out and def- oh, I think Ethan's great. <laughs> I think Ethan's great too. But this is my villain arc. But this is my it's villain really arc. weird because you were so on board with the honesty of those Mel Gibson scenes. Th- that's that all gets that's- eliminated. Well, that's the thing because I was so on board with it, and the third act just went like balls to the walls, nowhere with me, and padded and padded, and the final fight was that was why because it was so disappointing for me that it just felt like such a lackluster whistle. Okay. Um, Georgia, we've got to talk about... I mean, I often think I'm the voice of reason. I often think I'm the voice <laughs> of the people. What has the Patreon group come up with today? Uh, so the Patreon group are, in fact, once again, sticking with Team Georgia and have given it a seven. Oh, well, hey, once wow. again, we've, they're half a point off me. <laughs> but it's exactly me. Exactly you, but I think more often. Okay. <laughs> I'm messing. I'm no, messing. I was, no, you're fine. You're fine. So that gives us an overall rating of actually 7.1 precisely, which is the exact same score we gave Batman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Love you. Love that. Uh, if, if it went to a tiebreaker, it would have to go to, uh, it, would, it would go to this actually, because we had a higher vote on this one, which was Liam's uh, eight and a half. So, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think Liam's high, but I don't. I don't think his. Out of all the people, I thought I'd be talking down this week. Jeez, <laughs> maybe I, I'm stubborn. Maybe you're stubborn. Well, That's okay. Really, wait really wait till the resties or besties. There we go. Twenty three. Jeez. Um, yeah. So there we go. And I think a film that might show up on resties for a couple of people for a couple of reasons, and that's mm. that's okay because we do deal with what we think are potentially the best films ever. So that mm-hmm. is what we deal with here. So. What's left to do now is we are going to talk about uh, what we are doing next week, I say, as I look all over for my notes. So, right, it's giving me a chance to get my camera ready. Can't remember what we're doing. I do. I just want my list of Patreon oh. <laughs> members. So someone's going to have to be the judge. You may have to get the list at some point to help me out with that. I'm, uh, yeah, Don't worry about it. It's got my exit line on it. Don't worry about it. I want it to be expressed. So uh, next week, unfortunately, we just can't. On our birthday, we can't all be together, and that's okay. I really do mean that. I'm not trying to guilt the person who can't. Well, it'll be Liam. You'll hear he's on the podcast next week. So it'll be Liam. So next week, we're actually going to be joined by BFF of the BFE, Hermes. Hermes. And Hermes is pulling an Ethan. In the sense that he's taking a bullet out of my chamber. Ooh. And he's going to take it, and he's going to shoot us all with it. Because we talked a lot about, well, if you go see Batman, you'll hear a lot about a certain <gasps> type of animal. But in this case, it's going to go, I'm not a rat. We are going to Boston with Mark Wahlberg, uh, Leo uh, DiCaprio, Matt Damon, all the people who Georgia can't tell apart from each other. Oh. And we are going to do The Departed. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Exciting. So Georgia looks almost teary. 
Uh, I'm looking very forward to seeing this again. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm missing this one. Yeah. And I'm sorry I'm missing you, Hermes. Yeah, so... Uh, well, it's not that one that I got 15 minutes into and, like, didn't like it. Oh, but, like, no, no, it's, no, no. It's not much better. <laughs> it's not your... T- it's very violent. Yeah. It's hyper... It's a Best Picture winner. I'll say yeah. that much. It's a Best Picture winner, and there's a reason for that. And so I would just ask, maybe, if you're going to this oppositional place, just to look for the good in other areas besides yeah. story. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, uh, <laughs> I said it was in the chamber, so you kind of got a viewpoint of where I'm going with this. So that is what we are doing next week, and we'll be joined with Hermes for a, a good hour as we yeah. get to learn about Hermes. He's going to talk about his favorite parts of the film and all that stuff. And if you're like, hey, how do I get to go ahead and choose a film? How do I get to be on the pod? Uh, you can do so by joining us over on the Patreon. Yeah. slash bfe we go through the three tiers we have there and one of them does allow you to join us in the pod or if you're like how can i get my my, my vote to count like reverend bruce or juline or friend of the podcast dwayne smith uh, dwayne smith but they're all friends of the podcast you can do that also but as little as three pounds a month over at patreon.com slash bfe so that's the plan for next week liam we'll see you in a fortnight as we say over here yeah that'll be great is that not a global thing that'll be that'll be no no not really no oh no and that'll that'll be our birthday party so that'll be fun to do a a belated birthday party but there's still hey we all went through uh, patreon we all went through lockdown so you know Mm. late birthdays were kind of the thing yeah for the most part at least i know what we're doing there we go. <laughs> That's right. So please join us next week as we tackle Martin Scorsese's best picture winner in The Departed. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And you know what? That guy, I forget what his name was. He was brought in to bring some humor for the script. So if you don't mind, I'm going to steal a line from him. <laughs> Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flap. The flippity flip flop. <laughs>